on this episode. Yeah, man, I'm in. I've been in apartment complexes doing DoorDash. Just you, you get out of your car. There's an uh, absolute hundred percent naked woman just standing, and then or there's like a a, a baby with a laptop, and you're just like. You know, <laughs> That's fucking spooky, man. <laughs> baby. I, I, no, he, I remember the baby he was using a laptop like an umbrella for some reason. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of No Country for Middle-Aged Men. I am your host, Mark Pearson, and this is my co-host, Adam. He's still not happy. Look, if you're happy with all the shit going on today, then you need to look into the mirror and look into yourself and say, hey, am I really trying to help anything? I just made that up. I'm yeah, so <laughs> it wasn't very good. No good reason. <laughs> I'm actually not that unhappy. No, actually, I'm you unha- seem, I'm unhappy. I'm you seem like in a really good mood today. Yeah, for, I mean, for for you for you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Popeyes was good today. Oh, <laughs> I see you. <laughs> so you Tuesday. had your it's two Tuesday. for Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, I don't think I ever missed one. No, oh, man. That was the only time I was like leaving my house during quarantine. I was on Tuesdays. I'm like, this is my weekly. You can't pass it up. But actually, I'm not gonna lie, man. Churches has better. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not like sponsored by them or anything, but. You know what? Edit Be careful it out. with what you're about to say. Edit it out. I, I, the, for your own <laughs> reputation, I'm worried about your future in comedy and, and really in... That's churches, Antonio and, Aguilar, by churches, the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> churches has better uh, food in general. That is an outrageous statement. Yeah. I had the popcorn sh- uh, shrimp. At, I think Popeye's just... They, they, they try to... They put their foot in too much... Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like chicken and... Um, the popcorn shrimp. The chicken. <laughs> the popcorn shrimp was very uh, disappointing. Okay, Why there, are you going a to a chicken place to get shrimp to, for seafood? No, because it was uh, I had a coupon, baby. <laughs> Why? Do you How think- much cheaper do you want than two dollars? <laughs> you can get it four pieces t- for four dollars. It wasn't Tuesday. I saw the coupon. I said, "Hey, you know what? Let's try it out." I don't know. Maybe it'll be. It was not good. I will say this about Popeyes and any fast food place. I'm probably has struggles, but the reason they have two dollar Tuesdays. Because that's like chicken that they have to get rid of. Yeah. Oh yeah? yeah, yeah. That's why they make it's it super cheap. It's also the last day before they change out their oil too. That's, that maybe that's what it was. I remember yeah. it was something like wow. that. Wow. So I actually have no idea what Popeyes exactly really yeah. tastes like. Yeah. I, yeah. That's same here. Like I trust. Well, I eat it on other days and Tuesdays because we did a fast food episode. I think Popeyes was my number two choice uh, uh, out of all fast food. Yeah. Chick Fil A is number one. That's to each his own. I mean, their sandwich isn't even as good as the Popeyes sandwich, and. Oh, have nice. you done the Pepsi challenge? We had them side by side. Yeah, no, the Chick Fil A sandwich. Have wins. you even had the Popeyes chicken sandwich? You yes. haven't, have you? Yes. Wow. I don't know. I mean, you're wow. eating fucking shrimp there. I don't even know what you're coming from here. <laughs> no, I did. It was good. It was good. But uh, Chick Fil A, I, I like it more. Um, and I'll tell you what, you just hate gay people that much. Man, I've had <laughs> I've had so many. Yes, it, it makes the food taste better. I have. <laughs> Intolerance had, does increase the flavor. Wow. I've had so many different... It's weird that he likes churches, though. Yeah. Burger King, for some reason, I mean, since I've been going there, they've had so many different types of chicken sandwich. and mm-hmm. uh, They're all but bad. But their new one is the worst. The, 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 the Chick King. Oh, they even marketed it with some goofy-ass name. 
man, if someone was was saying it was the best thing they ever had today on Facebook and like, Whoa. Oh, man, I'm like, it's like a good friend. I want on a friend though. Did you report it for terrorism? I can, I can report. <laughs> yeah, just food for, terrorism. Fake is that? Is that a thing? It should be. Yeah, I support that. Zuck, get on it. People get canceled for less, so I mean, you might as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just an outrageous take. I mean, to each his own. I mean, everyone's palate's different, but like, I've never heard anyone ever say chick uh, churches was better than Popeyes. Oh, really? I've never. I've never heard life. anyone say churches is better than KFC, Popeyes, or Chick Fil A. KFC is really bad. I mean, and you KFC know what? is terrible. It, it's KFC. It's, uh, yeah, it's bad. It goes by where you are. It goes so you know we try to put labels on uh, franchises, but honestly, there is a Popeyes that is better than a churches, and that's there's true. a church that is better than a Popeyes. It's how it's run. That's very true, actually. Yeah, there yeah, is a lot of truth. Point. We're I guess we're that's speaking overall. Like if you go to like ten different locations, yeah. I'm, I, and I think that probably Popeyes. Uh, I think in my neighborhood, it just it it thinks it's like the hot chick. You know what I mean? <laughs> but churches, it's, it's really it's like uh, gotten ahead over its skis, thinking it's the shit. Yeah. Churches has a better personality, just a couple blocks down the down the street. Uh huh. You know, twenty cents less on the Tuesday special. Okay, well that's because so, they have to be. Yeah. I, I, maybe less I, commercials. Less commercials. That's all it is. I haven't been there in over ten years, so you know, I'm you know. basing this on a long. Well, I went there a lot growing up. There's a reason they're still Maybe in business. Maybe they changed the recipe. Oh, the, the reason there is there. That's what the reason. The reason churches is there is the same reason Burger King is there because there has to be an alternative to McDonald's. Yeah. To so me, like, churches was always the jack in the box of chicken. Yep. Just that's very. That's a very good point. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I don't know because churches. I mean, jack in the box to me is just it's open 24 hours. And then uh, a lot of their food's good. They have the tacos that if you would just like. <laughs> Take, if you would take, if you would act like the tacos, he's with us. <laughs> no, he's not. No, no, no. If you like the burgers are not bad. Have you had like a like a, like one of their like the sourdough jack? Sourdough yeah. jack is the best thing on the menu, which it's not good. Like that's why I would go, if I had to go there. That's what I'm going to get. But, I mean, like, it shortens your terrible. life by five years, but it tastes pretty yeah. good. I used to just only thing I would ever eat there was the tacos, and that's what I thought. That so I think that the reason that I think their food is good uh-huh. is because I then ventured. Into the menu, past the tacos. <laughs> You're feeling adventurous, and I'm Jack like, "Oh God, box. it's so much better than the tacos." Look, their whole <laughs> restaurant is based on a fucking prank. A Jack in the Box is meant to scare <laughs> children. Yeah, ah, they should not be good. They're fucking with us. Right. So yeah, the, the happy the kids' happy meals should should come with like a like a, like a, like a terrifying, punch in the face. Yeah, that's what Jack in the Box can literally punch you in the in face the for, in the form of food poisoning. Yeah, so, well, my buddy punch in the stomach. Exactly, <laughs> my buddy works at the health, still works at the health department. Um, did it for years. We do inspections of, of fast food, taco trucks, like nice restaurants, the whole gamut, and uh, consistently, ta- Jack in the Box was the lowest rated. Fast food joint, yeah. Consistently, you know, man, I, I'm not gonna stick up for them past <laughs> that. They have food that is better than the, the tacos. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those things are. Do you? Did they're you drunk got, food, which is fine. Man, did you, you know guys what? ever hear? Nuggets of, are good too, man. I don't know, man. I used to get the jalapeno poppers back in the day when I was on my first job because at Albertsons where I was working yeah. in the same parking lot was a mm-hmm. Jack in the Box, so I had to go there. As like half the time, I didn't have a car, so. Don't sleep on the nuggets, man. I've never had. They're even nuggets. chicken in them. 
There's even chicken. As opposed to Burger King, they can't, they don't even call them chicken. They don't even call it chicken. It's beyond chicken now? Man, you can get 40 nuggets. They're, one of their coupons is like 40 nuggets for five bucks. <laughs> I feel like they're like maybe sponsored by McDonald's. Maybe like McDonald's has like a little bit of money. Like whoever owns McDonald's, if they're, I know they're franchises, but the corporate McDonald's is yeah. keeping them afloat. Like the NBA is keeping the WNBA afloat just so it looks great by comparison. Like, <laughs> yo, that'd be, yo, That's an interesting. Are you, are, are you comparing McDonald's and Burger King to the NBA and the WNBA? Because no, it's closer. <laughs> like, I think it's a little closer than that. It's much closer. That would be like comparing like uh Jack in the box like, to like, like the dynamo. Like, and then the, what's the, the nicest restaurant in Houston. <laughs> it's like something I don't even know about. It's yeah. some underground, super swanky, Five hundred dollars uh, a soda. <laughs> they don't serve soda at the nicest restaurant in, <laughs> in Houston, and they serve like uh, Adrenochrome. Gland. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where? What's the best place here in Houston to get some Adrenochrome? <laughs> Can you get it off the tap? Hillary's seven dollars. <laughs> seven dollar pints of Virgin's Blood. Happy hour. Actually, Clinton's does sound like a nice swanky steakhouse. Yeah, it does. Epstein's. Epstein's. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of if Jack you want, in the Box, if, if you need to be um, kosher, yeah. So speaking of Jack in the Box, did either of you ever hear of the JBX Grill? The, no. Like fifteen years ago, I don't know if how how many they built, but when I lived in California, they built several of these JBX Grill, and it was upscale Jack in the Box. They had like a fireplace inside. Yeah, exactly. So it for, was really really trendy for like six months, and they tore them all down. Oh. McDonald's did that shit for a while, and they still kind of do sometimes. Like I remember, I'm from Spring, uh, and right by Splash Town. I don't know if you've ever been. I'm still there. Hell yeah, I got season pass. Yeah, I did for a while. Um, but there was this McDonald's. They sh- like they shut it down for like six months, and they mm-hmm. remodeled the whole thing, and it looked like a Starbucks. Yeah. I'm like who the fuck is this for? <laughs> like, do you, oh, yeah. do you? It's like when you get new marketing executives or people like up in the like. They started thinking like, oh, I'm going to put my stamp on this company. I'm going to make McDonald's cool. No, you're not. Yeah. No, you're not. It's never going to happen. JBX. Yeah. JBX. It was, it was, it was the same thing at Jack in the Box, just with like garlic aioli on it instead of mayo. (laughs) (laughs) It was was like, they, they tried to like dress up the same shit and charge you more for it. So I remember that. And I went there a few times and I was like, man. Okay, and then they Did just you bring all disappeared a date to the JBX Grill. No. Don't lie to me. Me and my brother went there. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have like a like a server and shit? No, it was still like go up and you know you d- you didn't have a server. It was still all the same format. Oh, it yeah. was just it was considered like upscale fast food, which was kind of a that's like ridiculous this- premise. But literally, who is that for? What's the up? What's the bougiest fast food in in town? Um. True like, do you fast consider, like, food? Does it have to be a franchise? Or I guess there are some that are like just like a one-off place that you can get a meal. Well, I would consider like certain food trucks fast food, but like what do you That's consider true. fast food? Like, yeah, we need to redefine do you, Does fast food, in, is it franchised right. or is it like, does it have to have a drive-through? Right. Do food trucks count? I'll tell you what, the McDonald's by my house, that is not fast food. You, that takes a long fucking day. That oh, there's is shameful. A there's, they need to fire some people if McDonald's is oh, taking a while. Believe yeah. me, down in Sunnyside, there are... Uh, they're doing it on purpose. Oh, yeah. They're like, fuck this area. Oh, the Taco Bell, so they're like, right by the McDonald's. So like, I was just getting like the value menu because mm-hmm. I'm doing great in life. Um, and uh, <laughs> and then I, I, you know, it was like $2. 
And then uh, she asked me if I want to donate a dollar, you know, to uh, whatever. Whatever. I don't, I don't even listen past it. No. Because I'm not going to. Yeah. And I said no. And then I asked her if I could get like a cup of water. Uh-huh. And she's like, I would have given it to you for free, but now I'm going to have to charge you. Oh! <laughs> oh my God. I Fuck said, her. I, like, I said, you like, can just cancel I actually, the That's the one time I will ever look at these stupid ass receipts. Like, yeah, I'll call for the survey. Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> oh, man. I would have been fired up. Adam just got as red as his beard. Oh, yeah. I, I, I feel this. I actually used to do yeah. a joke about uh, Taco Bell asking to donate yeah. in the line because this happened to me. Somebody in line, it was in like in a, a Mercedes uh, SUV sure. in, in front of me that was stupid. Stopping the entire line because they wanted a receipt for their donation for their taxes. <laughs> oh wow! I was like, I was like, that was the one time. That was the whole joke was like, that's whenever doing the right thing or doing good thing into the world is actually the wrong thing. Yeah, I was like, do not make my br- cheesy gordita crunch cold, right. you fucker! <laughs> I will ram your car right now. I was, fur- and that's a true story, and I was furious. In the moment, because I had my window rolled down. I was I like, mean, how long does it take? You should just give me, can you just get on the receipt? Can you just, you know? It was over, it was over six, seven minutes. I was like, outraged. How much are they donating? Probably a dollar in the yeah. scumbags. <laughs> like writing the check out. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then the person, when I got to the window, like, they were like, you're not going to believe this. I was like, no, I heard. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that was a cool, that's actually a really good Taco Bell and the guy was actually funny. You mentioned the the drink thing. Yeah, that dude would like every once in a while. If he like he would like up like give me an uh, upgrade on my soda for free. Yeah, he's like, he's like, hey man, don't worry about it. I was like, yes. Well, cool. I got one of those yesterday. So, so I do DoorDash. So I, I, mm-hmm. I, I a lot of interactions with uh, fast food fast industry. Food, yeah. You know, because I and I post a lot of my story like different like funny things. Probably people think I'm eating like crazy amounts. <laughs> 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 But I did go to 7-Elevens. 7-Elevens are kind of starting to pop up over here and there in Houston. Uh, with gas tanks? Or uh, just yeah, yeah, with like, gas stations. Okay. Uh, like, or they'll be, they'll, it'll be a gas station that they're turning into. A, like, they're adding the 7-Eleven True. brand. And like, uh, but um, yesterday, I got a free soda because the lady just could not figure out how to do the barcode thing mm-hmm. on your phone. And her nails were really kind of like, like long and mm-hmm. like kind of clumsy. And I'm fixing like, like a really old white lady. <laughs> yeah, and, and she was just like Southern you, draw. She was like, "You can just have it, baby." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you get a win like that, and you just got yeah. it'll make your day. Well, uh, that same or maybe a different Seven Eleven, like a month ago, uh, she charged me like twice as much because she said that they just changed the prices from what was on the huge sign. But clearly, she just messed up. So this was karma. Yeah, it's like some kind of like there's a there's a fast food karma. It Definitely. is unbelievable yeah. how many like retail workers don't know how to do a refund or oh, delete yeah. something off oh, yeah. a double charge. It's almost like they don't pay them enough to care. It's weird. <laughs> it's almost like they don't train them either. They're yeah. always hiring for a reason. So like every yeah, time that exactly. you, every time that someone's helping you, it's their first month on the yeah. job. <laughs> so, yeah. It's my I, first day. Yeah. <laughs> I am literally still trying to think of what I would consider as the swankiest fast food and I'm coming up blank. Here in Houston? Yeah, they're all it's fast food. Like by nature, it's just not going to be great. No, I wouldn't consider any fast food place swanky. I mean, <laughs> that's, why, that's yeah. why I thought of like, you know, food trucks. Because you could sort of bougie up a food truck. They take and forever ma- too, though. Some do, some don't. It just depends on I'm what you're with, getting. I'm going to go with Carl's Jr. Because, or no, oh, oh, I know. No. I know the answer. Not Carl's Jr. I know Jr. the answer. Bex Prime. 
Never been. Must, I, must I, be. I rarely go because it's outrageously expensive, but it is must, fast food. Must be bougie then. Oh, it is super bougie. Like I got a gift card for it from my boss, and because it was one close to our office, I went and it was like a twenty-five dollar gift card. Got one meal. Jeez. They serve steak at this fast food place. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, it was like, <laughs> and they sell up. the burgers separate from the fries. Dick move. I fucking hate. I hate that. it when and you can't buy a combo. That. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. At least that's my memory of it. Anyway, I like, hate I places like, to do that. And they Smash have like truffle fries. Yeah. Yeah. Bex Prime. That's that's where I'm going with. Yeah. Sounds shitty. Smash Burger tries it to be like that, but they're not very it must better. Be good. That guy. They have 25. Smash Burgers. They like, don't have a drive-through. They don't have drive-through, right? Yeah. No, they don't have drive-through. Neither does Shake Shack. But uh, have you guys ever had Shake Shack? Shake Shack had is once gr- when I was Shake- in college, still in Austin. No, I wasn't in college in Austin, but we had to go to Austin. It's really popular in, on the uh, LA, New York, but here it's not as popular. Yeah. But out there, it's like there's one on Washington now. I've been in one of the Galleria. Yeah, I never had it, but it's good. They got good food. I it's feel like, like, like a nicer Denny's. It's like alternative In and Out, is what I would call it. Yeah, right. In and Out is good. Andy I love Bourdain In-N-Out. said it's his favorite restaurant in LA. In and Out. Yeah, look, it's tasty. It's, it's, they do everything. Like, they like there's like. I like that. It's like we have three things on the menu. It's simple. You can get it a couple of different ways. Get the fuck out of here. Get it. And we're not gonna get twi- we're not gonna get crazy. Yeah. We're not gonna sell jalapeno poppers or or Doritos flavored tacos. Yeah, they but simple. They still have a very loyal following and consistent. I've never yeah, been I can crush my own Doritos and put it on my burger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> those been, are never good either. Every no, they're not. Every In and Out I've been to is yeah. always the same. They're always the same consistency. The Which consistency of a Doritos Locos taco is mush. It is mush. <laughs> it's it's on the bottom. It's complete mush. It's always on mush. the top. It's f- like floppy. It's like Doritos that have been in a like a like you take a hot 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 shower and you <laughs> shut the door. <laughs> yes, and you have an open bag of Doritos and you eat the Doritos. Ooh. That's what it's like. Dur- the Doritos Locos mm. taco is like eating chips that like little infants have licked all the flavor yeah that's exactly very because there's not a lot of flavor on right have you ever had chilaquiles yo Uh, i make chilaquiles all the time i love it It, it's kind of a similar concept yeah you got the the tortillas the mushy tortillas but it's good though it's different yeah without the doritos powder yeah (laughs) and it's got a little bit of crunch to it if you do it if you like your chilaquiles crunchy which what's the point if you want a crunchy taco you want it to crunch we're talking about taco. I don't know what this is. I'm yeah. Not, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I love, I'm just trying to take the conversation back to tacos, something that, that he's oh, familiar with. It no, it's it's similar, like consistency. So chilaquiles is you there's get no like tortilla a, involved. No, there are. There's, there's chips, tortilla chips, and you pour yeah. like hot, not hot sauce, but like heated salsa on them, and then you put like eggs on top, like fried eggs and, and vegetables cheese, and like cheese. The, the, the white you cheese. You with a fork? Or you yeah, you yeah, with, with a fork. fork yeah. With a fork. Yeah, that sounds good. It's, it's delicious, and depending on who does it, like you, sometimes like I'll take like really, really crispy tortilla chips and cook them in the sauce and then put it in, so yeah. they soften up a little bit, but they still have a little bit of crunch to them. I wonder who thought outside the bun on that one. Oh, I don't yeah. know, but it's amazing. Sounds good. It's delicious. Yeah, Look, good. uh, Speaking of like uh, Mexican food, or I don't know if it's Mexican food, but like, yes, I was up in Minnesota last weekend, and as a southerner, I was like, look, it'd be hilarious to go try what y'all consider good Mexican food up here. And we went, and it was fucking good. Really? I was blown away. And this place was called, I can't remember, it was called like, Hamburgues, however you say hamburger. Hamburguesa? Yeah, uh, Gordo. And uh, they had hamburgers. Yeah. 
tacos, hot dogs. Slash, it was some kind of form of hot, form of hot dog that wasn't yeah. quite a hot dog, and uh, some other dish. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, they had like everything. I was like, this is definitely gonna suck because any place that tries to do too much never does anything right. And it was really good. I got uh, yeah carnitas, two carnitas tacos, and one was like with a green sauce, and one was with a red sauce. Both yeah. great. Yeah, because uh, avocado on them. Oh, because you know Chicago has the most Mexicans like in the whole country. Really? Like, like yeah, like uh, in Explains this area. The crime. No, I'm um, kidding. Wow. <laughs> I'm joking. That's a joke. Right, so talking about food, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so. I think that probably has to do with why um, Minneapolis would have, or Minnesota would have good Mexican too, because if you it, it's uh, you know it's too saturated Chicago, all the Mexican restaurants. So people have to, you know, what's the next uh, biggest city kind of in that area? Uh-huh. Um, Minnesota's nice during the summer. Oh, oh yeah, so is so are those northern states oh, are yeah. like Wisconsin, yeah. Michigan. I've been there in the summers and I enjoy it. But it once was, that snow hits, get the fuck out. Yeah, that's what everyone, and everyone would talk about that too. But it was like ninety plus degrees, and we would golf twice and neither time was like i don't think i even broke a sweat yeah. like it didn't feel like 90 degrees yeah, it was ridiculous dry. right and yeah, uh, not as human yeah not at all yeah it was crazy but um shame on me for thinking that they weren't gonna be able to bring the heat uh to the mexican food i also had barbecue while i was there um and that was pretty good too i had brisket ribs and everything i was like this whole like oh if it's not in Texas it's not going to be good. Well, how do you is think bullshit. that? How do you think, I'm from Wisconsin. How do you think we get fat up there? Cheese, you know? <laughs> 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 which I had those. They're actually kind of shitty this time. I've had them before. We went to this bar. I can't. I mean, I don't know what you expected. It's like it was like a dive bar that sold Colt 45s uh, <laughs> on the menu. Yeah, there's a lot of bad cheese curds uh, out there. Um, like yeah. A and W has bad cheese curds. And, yeah. Uh, but Culver's, I don't know if you ever read the Culver's. Culver's ones are good. My buddies. Good food, period. I've met Miss Culver. They're from Wisconsin. The, the, no, yeah. the heiress to Culver, the Culver Nation. Yeah? Yeah. Wait. She was at a wedding that I went to up in yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, she's friends with, she's married to my buddy's friend. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, I'm not going to say her full name, but like, yeah, she's the heiress to Culver, the Culver's dynasty. <laughs> you can look, we can look her up. I'm and you know what? It. Good on her. Uh, she's like, like starting from the bottom. She's going to work in a chain. She's going to work her way up. Well, the bottom, be... the bottom as a white person is different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's going straight into management. No, <laughs> no white people actually started from the bottom. Like, uh, like it's not the same bottom. <laughs> well, she's, yeah, I mean, she's, I mean, she's obviously rich. So she's not, not, I'm not woke I'm, or anything, but. Yeah, like, there's the one thing. So here's the difference, especially, like, even if she does start at the bottom, like, yeah. at the very bottom, she has this beautiful, comfortable safety net to where her life never has to stress anything. She's like, even if I have this shitty job where I'm not making any money right now, I know that it's all going to work out because I have millions upon millions of dollars to fall back on. So it's like, I feel like a lot of work and the stress that comes out of work is not having security. And that's what really fucks people's life up. That's why you add like this insane amount of stress. Sometimes like like a safety net can make you complacent. Um, so like, I know people who, the reason that they are successful is cause they didn't have, uh, anything like to fall back on. So that's they true. have no, they had, but I mean, it can work both ways. Well, that's what's so encouraging about what she's doing is like, she could easily go straight to corporate and just like w- work in like as a secretary in corporate or whatever, or whatever the lowest like level of the rung is in corporate and work her way up. She's like, no, I want to start. I mean, she's already got a degree and like, she's like. So I want to start from the very bottom so that way I have credibility 
whenever I do get more and more responsibility, because she's obviously going to get fast tracked, I'm sure. But she'll at least be able to say, yeah, I've done your job. Yeah. So whenever I have decisions or whatever, I can say, like, I've had, I've had real life experience. That's what like, yeah, I've done your job. I was like, she did the fries for two days. Like I said, I don't know her very well, but I don't know her at all. I've met her twice. Hi, welcome to Culver's. What can I make for you today? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at, least she's doing a, like, at least she's giving a token oh, yeah. effort, if not a real effort. Oh, no, that's great. But, you know, I'm sure she's not... Uh, you know, doing it like well, it's Culver's. It's Culver's, so they're not open at like. You know, I mean, good for her. I'm not. Yeah. Gonna, I'm not gonna hate too much on uh, <laughs> Aries. I need to learn how to yeah. how, how to suck up to the right people exactly. and shit. You know, right? <laughs> you know, I'm very bad at that too, actually. Because <laughs> I met her, I didn't even get her, like didn't even Facebook friends her. And I could have been like, uh, <laughs> like, hey, uh, can I get a job at Culver's? <laughs> what, what do you know? Get me into that custard life. I think LinkedIn is <laughs> what I'm supposed to be like mm. on and shit, but it's just. I don't know what it is. I cannot get into it's LinkedIn. It's like fifty percent of my day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're a recruiter, so yeah. I mean, that's where it's you're huge. really supposed to be to get like uh, the good jobs and stuff and the mm-hmm. good connections. But because like a lot of times when you like uh, interview for a job, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing people are going to do when they get your name or your your resume is go look up your LinkedIn. Really? Like, oh no, LinkedIn. What's going on here? Right, for certain jobs. Right. Yeah. Not so much like for marketing or stuff like that. That's more like Instagram and Twitter and like the social, the real socials. Cause right. LinkedIn is like a business social, but it's slowly starting to have normal social media stuff creep in. Like you're starting to see like politics on there oh, and all, of this other, like, all this other shit. I'm like, Oh God, no. Can't we just keep this business? It's, it's starting to get bad. I mean, I think it just made me uncomfortable being on LinkedIn because um, when I was like started my account, I was like a, like a stand up full time, and so like that all my connections were like stand ups mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. But the way that they were like talking about like comedy was like gross to me because they're all talking about it like a job, which you know it is a job. Uh-huh. But like the like he's like congratulate so and so on their LLC and stuff, and I'm like this is weird. I don't like, yeah for comedy. I can't see it being a thing. It's kind of odd. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I was I was uh, friends with a bunch of comics on there, and it was like all older comics and all like talking about like the business side of stuff. Which I mean, yes, like you, I guess you're supposed supposed to be knowledgeable about it. But I also think that there aren't enough like uh, managers and stuff like trying to like get comics out of th- these lo- local scenes because I you don't hear anyone like oh so and so is you know want that assign me to like. In up north, I had like there eight agencies. Like, there, I mean, I haven't really met. Maybe it's just me. I'm not. They're not coming to me. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but back in uh, in Wisconsin, and and uh, there was like, yeah, like like talent scouts or agencies that you could submit to, mm-hmm. and you submit your clip. Then if they pass you at their agency, then like they add you to the roster, and then you get emails of gigs like all over the Midwest. So it's like you know this date, you know all these shows, you know. Pick the ones you you can do, uh-huh. and like I don't know if it's just me, but I don't see I don't hear a lot about agencies down here um, that are doing that really. Like an agency that has like you know twenty rooms, and then you know you do all those you do all those rooms because the agency passes you as opposed to having getting each room right. to pass you. Right, like would you like yeah, that seems like it makes so much sense. Yeah, because that could, you can't dedicate enough time in each different city right. to get passed at each. Like the biggest comedy room in that city, right? 
So yeah, it makes sense to have like conglomeration. Conglom- I can't even fucking talk. <laughs> Conglom- right. I fuck it. I'm skipping the word. Like uh, associations with different clubs. Yeah. Fuck me. Um. But yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So how did you like? How did that get started? So how long were you doing comedy? Um. Okay. So well, the first you got into that. The first like, uh, I guess agency that I uh, got into was uh David Tribble, which is uh. Out west, so it's like Washington, Oregon, California, Montana, Idaho, all, and his gigs were all like really far away from each other. But um, he had a bunch of them, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I just he actually watched my clip and just offered me a thirty-minute spot at this horrible, like nightmare uh, <laughs> of a of a. Oh, it's it's actually a really funny story. You want to hear the Let's whole? Tell the story. <laughs> yeah, uh, go for it. It was my first uh, thirty-minute. How like, long have you been doing comedy before you t- did this? Um, six weeks, two <laughs> like a little over two years. Okay, you know, um, two three years maybe. And uh, and so I, I so I I submitted to him my ten minute clip, and he uh, he wanted to call me like after like watching it, mm-hmm. which you know to me it's like why do you want to call me already? I, mean, I didn't expect them to watch it. You know, because you're just like emailing everyone trying to get booked. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he talked to me. He's like, okay, we'll do it. You know, you can do 30 minutes at this, at this Idaho bowling alley or whatever. And <laughs> then if you do well, then I'll let you do the comedy club in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do the weekend there uh, doing 30 minutes. And I was like, awesome. You know, I'm just, you know, whatever. You know, I'll do whatever you say. So it was the, the, the Idaho room and then this Montana room that was like eight hours away from it. And it was $100 each. And then you drive back to Wisconsin. No hotel, nothing. No, it was hotel. Okay, uh, well, yeah, that's plus. I was gonna well, say if you had to like so sleep in your car. So the, the the way that they book it was like they are really traumatized by comics canceling on them. Mm-hmm. So understandably. So the day comics of, are like notoriously flaky because I had to drive like fifteen hours to get to the first show from Wisconsin, and like took off work and stuff like and and. And uh, the car that I was driving was so crappy; it didn't even have like a cigarette, in, like lighter to charge your fo- your phone on uh-huh. it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just had a dead phone, and so the whole drive almost. So I had like paper maps, like <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> and like I left early so that I get there on time. But apparently, with this gate agency, um, they have this policy that they email you the day of, and if you don't respond to that oh. email, then you're 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 canceled you're taken off of the gig so like the whole drive you know like i'm driving and i got there like eight hours before the show starts you know i'm like oh this is great i made it and um i open up my computer and it's like you know eight emails that i missed you know (laughs) and like they replaced me um fuck and so i was just like i remember uh, on the phone he was like swearing at me he was like so mad at me and like i get it from his perspective you know what do you you know, but I didn't expect. How long were you dark? First off, because of spam, fuck spam. There needs to be a law passed to block spam. I never check my email because it's either. all spam. Yeah, it's all spam. Yeah. You can't expect somebody to check their email. He's probably calling me too, but my phone, you know. Was oh, out. okay. Well, um, then in that case, I was yeah, I was probably uh, like a good twenty four hours that I was off of offline because you know it was a fifteen hour drive and I had to sleep at some point. And uh, I was getting tired, you know, and dozing off, taking naps, and fucking random places, and uh, 
and, and yeah, so he replaced me. But I was like, can I still at least do the Montana gig? Mm-hmm. And then if I do well, can I still do the 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 the, the gig well, I really want to do, the comedy club? Yeah. And uh, and it, it all ended up working out. I remember the the, show, the he, I got a guest spot on the show I was supposed to feature, and like I was selling my shirts <laughs> <laughs> as the guest spot. Uh-huh. And people and I told them my sad story. How, and how they the feature and the headliner like that? I don't. The headliner was doing. Uh, what if Prince was selling? Kentucky Fried Chicken in a commercial. This is like a 2000. And, and Sounds then, hilarious. And then How he, did you get that gig? And then he, and then he did. Uh, he, I mean, he was doing great. And then he uh, was doing like a, a Mike Tyson impression for a good 10 minutes. Like, but I mean, he's doing like just like material from like the 80s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, so I don't care what he thought of me, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that he was kind of like a standoffish. But I sold like, I don't know, eight T-shirts for a guest spot. Mm. And uh, this old man, like he wanted me to sign his shirt. I felt like a star. My first, was my first. <laughs> oh, nice. it was I went to a strip club afterwards <laughs> with some of the audience. Nice. I never made more friends. Like just in the crowd, telling they felt bad for me. They wanted like it's like at that level of stand up, people don't even care if you're if you're good. Mm. They're just like you know, we want friends. <laughs> Dude, Montana, Especially in Montana, Montana sounds Idaho. great. That yeah, was it. It was a. Bo- uh, it was not Boise. That would be too bougie. It was uh, <laughs> Idaho Falls, um, the Pinecrest Inn. I feel like they're so appreciative for anyone coming to their town. They're going to like roll out the red carpet. So the whole comedy show is just an opening act for the dance party afterwards. So it's kind of like, imagine the secret group, you know how they have the dance parties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now imagine that everybody in the box is just waiting for the dance party to start. But we're putting them in the box first because... They have to watch to get basically, to the dance party. <laughs> basically. And so the whole crowd is like, they're ready to dance from the beginning. Uh-huh. So even the, even the headliner is just opening for the dance party. So it's like... Uh, and I remember doing that gig again like in the next year. And uh, it was somebody in the staff's birthday. And they were they started singing birthday happy birthday during my set. Man. Oh, <laughs> like I was the feature doing a half hour. Like the staff was so did not respect the comedy show so much yeah. that they started singing happy birthday. <laughs> um, I started like yelling at the staff and, and stuff, mm. and the crowd doesn't even care. They're just like, "Can you be done yet? I mean, yeah, can we dance? <laughs> can already? we dance? Yeah, exactly." Well. In their defense, when you want to dance, you got to dance. You ever see Selena, the movie? Uh, no. The one with J-Lo? Yeah. I'm aware of it. I, I don't... Damn, man. That's like almost racist. <laughs> I haven't seen I that I watched La Bamba. And I feel like it's more racist that I brought that up as a defense. <laughs> yeah, but Lou Diamond Phillips is Filipino. It's not, is it? <laughs> I mean, that's okay. It's not like... Uh, J-Lo's not, not from Corpus Christi. <laughs> it's true. She's from the block. Yeah, exactly. I, I, there's one thing I know about her. It's that. Well, and she's a shitty actress. I know that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You watched the Cell? Yes. Garbage movie. Good premise. Garbage movie. Yeah, I. Uh, it had some good parts. I kind of liked it. Man, I was like, it was great. I was like, ten. <laughs> I was like ten. So like anything on HBO rated R was good. You that's know what right. I mean? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I think she almost gets kind of naked in. I think scene. so. Yeah, that's why. That's kind of what I was referring to. It was like it's kind of good. You remember that? Remember that website that they used to be where they would like rate movies based on how much nudity was in it. I do not. I mean, I, I can easily conceive of how this existed. I think it was like Mr. Skin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I've heard of that. Yeah. They should know that. I, I don't, they may have had a rating system I'm not aware of, but like 
for them, they would tell you where in the movie yeah. you get right to. They're right. like, why not just have the clips? I mean, I mean like, they didn't have that was back before they could have clips. <laughs> yeah. They could just like, but we'll tell you. It is old school internet. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, nowadays I look at the Rotten Tomatoes, but back when I was a horny middle schooler, I was like, look, every time a movie came out, you go on Mr. Skin to see it. Yeah. Uh, I think, I don't know if it's Drew Jordan. I think it is Drew Jordan. It has a bit about like how. Is it Drew Jordan or Drew Wilson? It, Drew Jordan's his stage name. Okay. But Drew Wilson's his real name. It's confusing that you only change your last name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, was, it was even weirder. Especially when bo- both well, those names are like, I mean, very he, similar. He very works easy for to a spell. Very, both are basketball related. If you kind of, I mean, Wilson makes, I guess, volleyball. They make basketballs too? Wilson? Yeah, they make yeah. basketballs. Jordan yeah. Wilson. It's all basketball related. So he works for a Christian radio station. That's kind of why he does it. Oh, he does? But what's weird about it is I only know this. That's I, already weird. Yeah, it's already weird. Yeah. yeah. And so does Stephen K, randomly. The same place, but um, I just gave away his name anyway. <laughs> now that there's a whole lot of KSBJ listeners listening, <laughs> listening to, <podcast>. to this, <laughs> but um, another family friend of mine growing up, uh, homeschooled, uh, her name was Liz Kaiser, who her her on air persona because she was on air was Liz Jordan. It's weird that two people the same, same station. Yeah. Both changed their last name to Jordan. He's a great basketball player, man. He's a, the best, you know, of all time. I wish I could just change my name to Jordan. Can you just, I, you know what? I never considered it, but I should. Antonio Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I dig it. Definitely a black dude. Like, definitely. <laughs> 100% expecting a black dude after, after that. That's the only one that would be more obvious is like Jamal Rahal changed his name to Jamal Jordan and be like, okay. I feel like I'd be deceived. He needs the Rahal. Yeah. He needs the Rahal after the Jamal because nobody hey. is expecting a, 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 a Rahal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when they hear Jamal. Exactly. Um, what was I going to say? But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, well, it's I kind thought of like, about like how like a hundred years ago, Jerome used to be a name for a white guy. Like back in the old days, yeah. you know, and that, that when they used to have, they just use their initials for names back mm-hmm. in those days. Then they always had like a black sound and like Tyrone, but he didn't go by Tyrone. It was like T-E- Pop- now it's Hopkins all Benjamins and Chads and New Whites? Adams, yeah. Oh, you mean like adult whites? Yeah. Yeah. TJs, RJs. No baby Karens or Chads nowadays, man. You know. If you name your kid Karen at this point, <laughs> you you're hate your abused. You... I wonder if Karen will last the test of time or is just a flash in the pan. As like far as stereotype. it meaning what it means? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get why it's I mean, I don't know. I like the Karens. I know, like, I have a cousin who's Karen. She's Peruvian. I have a Filipino friend, Karen. It's a very like. I feel like there's a lot of. It's, it's bullshit that that's like gotten this meme. I feel bad for the Karens in the world, but like, yeah, because that personality trait is so ingrained in people's minds, so they immediately know what you're talking about. We say, oh, they were being a Karen. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with the name. I don't know who started it. Who started this Karen movement in motion? But the internet. <laughs> there must have been one really bad Karen. Yeah. Yeah. Like like the the original. Yeah, Karen. that's what I'm wondering. Where's the ground zero of Karen? That's a good question, man. I'm, I bet we could get down to the bottom of it. Patient zero for Karen. <laughs> yeah. I meant to say, yeah. Ground I mean, zero. That would be a great be honest. Would you not watch that documentary? Oh, I would. I no. would do that. Watch that kind of documentary for a lot of stuff. I'm look it up as soon as I get off of this podcast. Tw- man. Good luck. I mean, it's, it's been deleted from the internet, I'm sure. 
Yeah. Actually, that might, this Cameron, might have a very easy answer. <laughs> yeah. I'm just so lazy. Some Cameron reported it and got it taken down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's good. <laughs> oh, man. So you've been doing comedy for a hot minute. Yeah, man. Too long now. You start, did you start in Wisconsin? Yeah, I started in Madison. Mm-hmm. Uh, comedy on State. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, I, the the guys on AFE, Ian Carmel, yep. uh, David Borey, and Sean, what's his name? The worst one on the show. Um, Sean, no, okay. <laughs> yeah, he got voted like number 12 comedy club in the country. Oh, nice. Uh, at some point by who knows, but I remember that. that was, yeah, it's uh, so my first open mic. It was like sold out show. They do a like three dollars, three dollar tickets to get in, and then two dollar PBRs the whole. Yeah, uh, they do two dollar PBRs, and it's so the, it's right on campus basically. Mm-hmm. And so three dollars to get in, two dollar PBRs. So they would sell out. The whole showroom would be packed, and then like the the bar would be packed. Um, and so like, there's a lot of people doing their first stand-up ever uh-huh. to like 300 drunk college kids um and so you know like you do it for the first time and i i mean i mean it didn't go great but i had one joke that got an applause break and damn and uh do you remember what joke it was yeah yeah i have a clip of it still on my youtube i deleted the rest of the set but <laughs> i kept, the, I kept the, the, the applause break huh what was the topic Oh, is, the, it, is it a long joke or no, is it short? None of my jokes are really I have long. Uh, but it's just uh, I went to college. I was going to college to be a, become a lawyer, and then I called my dad one day, and I was like, "Dad, I'm gonna drop out and become a rapper." And he's like, "You know, it's a terrible idea." And then a few years later, I was like, "Dad, I'm thinking about becoming a stand-up comedian." And he was like, uh, "Tony, you should be a rapper, right?" And like, <laughs> and like I did it really fast just now. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it got an applause break because I guess it was kind of a humble thing for someone doing their comedy the first time. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it hit in a way that like I got that moment on on, on film, whatever. My friend was was uh, was, and so like you can just kind of see it in my eye, like go like oh, like I got hooked at that moment, yeah, you yeah. know. And so uh, it's been a long 10 years since then. Damn, 10 yeah. years. About, it'll be about 10 years, yeah. Hey, so you up. started young then. I mean, I'm about 24. So not actually not for stand-up. These, these crazy kids who started 18, they're rare. I didn't I even like. know you could do stand-up when me, I was 18. Me neither. I didn't know that was something you could just like do. Well, I wanted, like, when, the first job I ever wanted when I was like a kid, kid, kid. Was I was like, oh, I want to be a stand-up comedian. I don't know why I would even think to say that. I just like love funny stuff. Yeah. And then like the world um, beat me down pretty quickly into like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you need a job. You need to be working nine to five, wear a mm-hmm. suit to work kind of a thing. So yeah. I just kind of lived my life accordingly and never thought about doing anything creative for a solid 10, 15 years. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I don't know why I never did this. <laughs> and uh, the world needs my comedy. And I got out there in my early 30s. If you don't, who will? Exactly, yeah. But uh, yeah, I didn't know you could do stand-up either. Um, and, so, and then uh, in college, I, uh, I got a reputation in a couple of my classes that were like these big lecture halls that when I would, I would say something, I would be kind of funny and like I would sometimes get like, every, like everyone to laugh. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
remember at the end of the semester, my one of my uh, discussion teachers, it's like not the professor, but like you know one of the assistants. He was at the end of uh, the semester. He's like, you know, uh, what are your plans after? You know, I'm like law school. He's like, you really would think you have the type of study skills to <laughs> go to law school? He's like, he's like, uh, you know, you're pretty funny. Why don't you try doing uh, something with that? And I was like, coming from my law professor or like assistant. That was kind of like an eye-opening uh, thing that I'm like, you know what? You're right, because I don't really like the school part of this. I, I just like uh, the moments that I can say something funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. he's, going, he's getting straight A's, going to law school, just for those laughs. When I was getting, not getting straight, I was getting a, a, a hard-fought for B that I was uh, arguing. Yeah, well, was, that's respectable at a university. That's really good. I mean, like... Oh, man, especially at Madison. Especially if it's a good school. That's the thing that goes unappreciated. The better the school, the harder it is to get a good grade. Yeah. It's like, and I watched this thing on, it was like this Vox documentary on Netflix. It talks about like uh, higher education and like, like college is kind of a scam. But yeah. they talk about like how college has gotten way worse at the same time gotten way easier. Yeah. Like the percentage of A's in a college class used to be like 15%. Yeah. Now it's damn near 80. It's just so much different. People haven't gotten smarter. No. <laughs> I mean, well, in Wisconsin, there's Madison is the best school. That's where the Badgers play. Mm-hmm. So that's the University of Wisconsin. And then there's Milwaukee and then the, and the Green Bay, which are these like, like, if you can't get into Madison, everyone goes to Milwaukee. It's the drunk school. And then Green Bay is just uh, like people who... Uh, they don't want to move home. They, they want to stay. I mean, they want to move from home. They want to keep living home and then go to college there. Mm-hmm. But I went to all of the schools because I didn't get into Madison from high school. I had bad grades in high school. Uh, but then from Milwaukee, it was like I got straight A's. Like, mm-hmm. or I got like one B. I got like three point seven five first semester after like really not doing good in high school. And I was in a beer pong league at the same time. Yeah. Like it was so easy. And um, but when I get to Madison, then I had like a like a 1.7 my first yeah. semester going from a 3.75 to 1.7 yeah. and uh, I wasn't even in the beer pong league at that point and I still couldn't get over a, you know barely got they barely kept me as a student yeah Scotty Peterson talked about a similar thing like he was like he went to, tech, to Texas State which is where I graduated from and uh, then he went to like UT and he's like he's like these are different worlds like it's like he's like yeah but he was also taking like was it chemical engineering Chem- yeah, classes? Chemical engineering. I was taking marketing classes. I don't know how much harder marketing classes would have been in, at UT, but chemical engineering, I would imagine much harder. Right. But, uh, it does sure. also, yeah, it, I mean, it also does depend on what you're studying right, per, right, per right, college. Right. Um, I can't imagine having gone to college for any of the, like, the hard sciences. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> That's like those, those people deserve their money. Get a degree in physics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or even anything to do with mathematics. God bless you. My brain does not work like that. Yeah. Um, but they deserve every penny they get, I guess. Oh, man. Yeah. My dad's but good ma- luck making people laugh. My dad has a degree in mechanical engineering, and he really thought that I was going to be a mechanical, mechanical engineer just because mm-hmm. I was his son. It was a real hard realization for him. Like first grade, I wasn't understanding algebra for some reason, and it's like I'm in first grade, man. But um, algebra is where it gets tricky. They start adding letters to the the math, and I'm still learning my ABCs at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "This can be numbers too." I'm like, "That can." <laughs> 
So like, so you're where did you move to like Wisconsin? Um, I was born in Madison actually. Okay, okay. And okay. but then uh, my dad got a job in Buffalo, New York. So I moved there, and then he moved back to Chicago because they transferred him. Because uh, he was like, hey, I only got one kid, and I can move, keep moving, keep right. switching them schools, just one sure, of them. Sure, sure, you sure. Know? I remember at one point, we were in one suburb of Chicago, and then he got like a raise, so he wanted to buy a house, and he bought a house that was like 20 minutes away from where we were living to a different suburb. It was like changed schools for me, like in third grade, for no reason other than like, I mean, it was like we barely moved. But it was just like 20 minutes away. I remember saying goodbye to all my friends, like I would never see them again. And I grew up and I'm like, yo, I only moved 20 minutes away from, from everyone, but I might as well have, yeah. you know, it was just. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I lived in the exact same spot from, from year two where I moved out. I think it was two. I moved out of Houston, downtown Houston, kind of a really rough part of Houston to spring, yeah. which is like hundred percent suburbs, especially yeah. when I was there. It was like, it was like ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, lived in the exact same spot from then till graduating high school. Had the exact same neighbors the entire time once they moved there. Don't talk to any of those friends anymore. Not <laughs> That's a single good. one. I think it should be illegal to keep in touch with your friends from high school. I'm just saying, like, it's not, there's no silver bullet, you know. Because I ended up then, my family was all from Wisconsin. So I ended up after Chicago, I moved back to Wisconsin for high school. And um, all of those, all of my friends, they all were friends since grade school. Like, they were all knew each other since they were like mm-hmm. five years old. Yeah, yeah. But now they still hang out with each other. I guess you know what I say that coming from a homeschool perspective. Okay, well, yeah, because like it's very true. Because like the the biggest, the core group of friends I have uh, were ones I met in high school age. Yeah, through another friend who I don't talk to very often. It was like the last fifteen years or so. Um, but I still talk to these other guys all the time. Yeah. I met, but I met him through another friend. Yeah, in my neighborhood, who I met because he was in my neighborhood, uh-huh. and they are. All, like eighty percent. Like I'm like the only person who didn't go to high school with them, or junior, or middle school, junior high. So you you were homeschooled, but you still had friends that were like you. You uh, because we had these homeschool girls that we hung out with. I remember in high school that were like so crazy. I think they were overcompensating, but like they still had <laughs> they were still had a presence in the high school friend group because they were fun, but they were uh, homeschooled, so it didn't matter. So you yeah. were fun. You got to be more fun. Yeah. So like what happened? Like I when I met this core group i was probably uh either a freshman or sophomore in high school uh but i met like i said i met him through a friend they were like one or two years ahead of me in high school and uh we would have like these lucky that my friend his parents were like would go around a lot so he would have house parties from time to time so i'd meet meet more people as long as you're not some kind of a weirdo like you 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 make friends with people pretty quickly at that age. Yeah. And, um, then we, I worked together with a couple of them. And so, yeah, we became friends and I was like, if, if you have time, you're going to make friends. But yeah, I would, I definitely wasn't hanging out at the school or anything. I would go to a bunch of dances with, with girls just because I like to dance. So they were always, Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't know you like to dance. Oh, I love to dance. Yeah. Everyone should love to dance. It's fun. I mean, drunk, yeah. Oh, I have to be tipsy. Unless, <laughs> yeah. even back, well, actually, when I was younger, I didn't have to even be tipsy. Yeah. I didn't give a shit. It's just a good time. You gotta let loose. The, well, as long as you can keep from thinking about what other people are, or what you think other people are thinking of <laughs> yeah. you, because they don't give a shit in reality. Yeah. There may be like one or two people snickering, whatever, fuck them. But um, yeah, you just gotta have fun. And people respond to it. It's a good time. 
Yeah, no, I like I I, I do best at like the the Spanish uh, nightclubs for dancing because mm-hmm. I know I know those I know those dances. They're not they're not as uh, intricate. Where the hell did you learn those dances in <laughs> Madison, Wisconsin? Well, like in Peru, actually, when I would go to visit family mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, so that's mostly where actually. But uh, you notice if you go to them, there it's like very easy. It's like cumbia is just like a two step thing, and like maybe a little a little uh, twirl or something like that. Um, but like with like rap dances now, it's like they're so intricate and like uh, mm-hmm. hard and all these different steps. There's like 15 steps to a dance and stuff, and it's mm-hmm. like it's uh. So I never. I never could do that kind of dancing. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is if you just um, pay attention for a little while, you could do anything. It's just, it's not the, none, Hell of, yeah. them are, none of them are that hard. <laughs> Hell it's yeah. Like, if you concentrate, you can do whatever you want, man. Yeah. Like, Even the whatever slide. Like the cha-cha or cha-cha slide <laughs> is just two-stepping by a different name. Well, in that song, they give you directions. Like, I can yeah, do it. Yeah. I, can do, <laughs> I can dance if they're going to give me directions the whole time, but... <laughs> But Sometimes what is Charlie the- Brown? <laughs> Who knows what that is? The dance. There's too many of those that I don't know. I yeah. cannot tell you that. You know. Um, you just waited for the hands on your knees. Hands on your knees. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that one. <laughs> so what brought you to Houston? Um, well, man, I've I known as a it was kind of embarrassing match, but like, follow, my dad would, follow, would bring me to all these different places to grow up. Mm-hmm. Went to college because it was the dad, the, the one my dad was wanted me to go to, impress him. Mm-hmm. And then he moved to to Houston when he got a, when he started this, this uh, software company for uh, restaurants and stuff. And I didn't move for like five, six years, and then everything else collapsed enough that I'm like, all right, I'll finally, <laughs> <laughs> finally come back to Houston. Uh-huh. Um, because my dad has a second house that he's just like empty house that he bought for his programmers when they visit him. What? Yeah. So now I live there. I knew I fucked up in life. I should have been a programmer. <laughs> oh, man. It that is. being said, I was bad at math, so not good. Programmers are good at programming, and that is it, man. They'll do some of the silliest things if you ever are around them. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, this I, one, I used to talk to them all day, every day. They're fucking weirdos. This, this one, he like had the. He, he, he th- he's like he didn't think that leaving the refrigerator door open was a big deal because uh, he's like, no, the fridge will just uh, figure it out, <laughs> and uh, he can write code and everything, and like uh, uh, and and make programs and stuff. And I'm like, no, that's you know, it's gonna use all this electricity. That's why that your electricity bill went up. He's like, no, I don't think that's yeah. I don't think it has anything to do with leaving the refrigerator door open. I'm pretty sure that. It'll just, you know, the food will maybe be less cold. I'm like, no, the, the refrigerator still tries as hard as... <laughs> yeah. But you can write code. And yeah, so they like, don't have common sense. So my dad would think, anyone who could write code to him is like a genius, you know? Mm-hmm. And then like, I remember the other programmer, he was like making tea and he used like 10, 10 baggies of tea to make like one pot of tea. And I'm just like, you can write code, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but you don't know how to make tea. It's, you know, it's like... It's different sides of the mind. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, that is real, I think. There's certain people that are super, it seems to be, in my experience, people who are really, really good at math and formulas that, yeah. like, that brain, like, that takes up so much of their brain yeah. that all, most all common sense and even knowing how to dress, yeah. like all these things yeah. are just, they don't exist. Yeah. It's just, you rarely find somebody who's got both. And if you do, it, actually, I don't think anyone has both. The people who look like they have both have people who 
for them, <laughs> fix their their flaws, right. and round their edges, right? And um, people with like assistance and stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they've learned that like, like rewarding, like a Pavlov's dog. Like they usually like, oh, if you don't look like a slob, you'll get compliments all the time, right? And they're like, oh, okay. And I have money to buy the nicest things to make me look like not a slob. I guess it's like Asperger's. I think. I feel yeah. Like a lot of a lot of programmers they have to have it, and uh, and then uh, I remember this one guy. Can you imagine being excited if your kid has Asperger's? You're like, yes, <laughs> oh, it's gonna yeah. be rich, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. If I would Zuckerberg had, Musk, two my, my, richest, dad, my dad would have been so proud of the me. The two richest people it. in the world, both on the spectrum. Yeah, man. At, at some point, it's not. You know, it's it's not a bad thing. Um, you know, you you're just good at you're great at something. How about that? Actually, fuck that. I I don't have the ability to be that genius. Can they give me some a little? Can I spread it around a little bit? <laughs> yeah, the Aspies need to start send, sending some down to us. Uh, I don't know what we want to call ourselves, but um, non uh, genius folk. Help well, us out. I mean, like idiot savant is like uh, I it's guess real, an older term. It's a real thing. And is, is that what Aspergers are considered? Like, kind of in in a way, probably uh, to a lesser people, degree. I love how the way I had the word idiot in there, though. It's like it's so uh, it's a backhanded compliment. Because right? you, it's it's kind of funny though. You know, the people who uh, made the word mm-hmm. up were like jealous of the, <laughs> yeah, or like jealous. jealous of those people that had the savantness. Yeah, yeah. but they were like uh, awkward in other areas. <laughs> And they're like, we're gonna call them idiots of us. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're the people who uh, make up words. So. Ooh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Listen back to this episode. You got a couple things you've said there. <laughs> you have to turn into a joke. You know, uh, you know, Mozart was probably fucking like an ass. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, otherwise you know, when he wasn't behind the, the, the keys. Of, exactly. Of the, <laughs> he was funny, though. Like I watched like these documentaries and these yeah. like videos about him. Like he like would write poems that are like the dirtiest. Oh like, yeah, he has like poems about farts and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's part of uh, Amadeus. I don't know if you've seen the movie. Uh, I've seen. It. Oh, it's my one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's We've good. I haven't seen it multiple this. times. Mm-hmm. It's very very good. I was upset because a female comedian in town that I talked talked into watching the movie. Her takeaway from the movie. Have you seen it? Uh, when I was young, yeah. When I was like uh, ten, but I, I, my uncle, who I like idolized at the time, uh, he like he was kind of uh, Asperger. He mm-hmm. was like a chess champ and uh, and uh, skateboarding. He was great at, and I always wanted to be like him. But so he showed me anything he showed me, I liked it. So I remember watching it and liking it just because he liked it. And I, I was like, you know, he's like my idol, mm-hmm. you know, like my. It's an amazing yeah. movie. You should watch it again. Yeah, I should. Yeah, I will. What's your favorite movie? Favorite movie? Um, Scarface. But, you know, Uncut Gems is getting up there, man. I really like that movie, man. I know that it's not everyone's favorite, but I can just watch that movie again and again. There's just something about it. It is a great movie, but that movie I cannot watch over and over again because I've never in my life felt so anxious yeah. watching a movie. Like yeah. that movie, like, I wouldn't say it like, gave me a stomachache, but I was just like, I was like, oh my God, how much longer is this? Like, I, like, I can't, I'm, my skin is crawling. It's like the tension is building so palpably. I, I can't fucking talk. But um, it's so strong that I'm having an emotional reaction to it. And that the guy, same guys who do Uncut Gems do another movie. It's got Robert Pattinson in it. It was like the right before Uncut Gems. Oh, is it uh, The Lighthouse? 
No, no, it's um good good choices or something like that or I'll look it up but yeah I've seen that I think I've seen it on Netflix I think it's on Netflix it's amazing it's like it's like Uncut Gems which is a great great movie don't get me yeah. wrong uh, but like with a bit more likable char- a slight actually I wouldn't say more like the characters in there are pretty <laughs> terrible as well but like I don't know I, I think I was just so anxious watching Uncut Gems that I probably should go back and watch it again it's weird because yeah, Scarface and Uncut Gems are similar in a way because it's someone who is like going after this like they'll never stop like going too far you know going too far and then it catches up with you but to me um, it's actually kind of like uh, soothing to, to not because I'm anxious generally like if I'm in a room with nothing on I'm anxious so mm-hmm. if you put on a movie with someone whose life is falling apart because of all the terrible decisions they're making um, it's like it calms me. For me, I'm just like, why could, why don't you just not? That's what I like. I'm like, no, no, don't do that. I think That's it's like the worst I, thing I understand do. what it's like to be addicted to stuff. So oh, I've never, so, yeah, yeah. Like I understand it. So that's the thing. Uh, I, my marketing degree psychology um, is, I think that there are just people who have addictive personalities, yeah. and there's people who just do not. And you're lucky if you don't, because like yeah. everyone I've known that I would consider to be genuinely addicted to anything, um, like I cannot put myself in their headspace. I'm like, like I'm like, why not just not? And like it's easy, but in yeah. reality, like for them, they can't put themselves in my headspace. Like no, they can't just not. It's right. not that easy, and like it's just hard to understand for somebody who doesn't have that kind of personality. Uh, and obviously, I don't think it flows as equally the other way because like. People who have the addictive personalities are the ones who end up getting slapped on the wrist and shitty things happen to them. And it's like, I was just lucky enough to where I grew up in a bubble, basically, of nobody that had that. Yeah. So I never saw it until like midlife, well, not midlife, but like later in life. So it's harder to build sympathies for things that you haven't known or seen or done or had any experience with. That being said, I right. take my ass off, but uh, I wouldn't say I'm addicted. You've never to been it. addicted to anything? No. Because uh, like, maybe YouTube, <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, so okay, if you've ever, you know, well, I mean, YouTube, if I had to not watch YouTube for a month, it wouldn't kill me. The thing is, though, that YouTube, if you watch YouTube, all you're losing is time. Yep. Um, if you watch a bunch of YouTube, so it's it's not really like a vice, honestly, unless it's like you're not going to work, which nobody's that addicted to YouTube, right? You know, maybe you watch YouTube at work, which that would fuck you know, up if you work, can get yeah. away with it. Which uh, I'm sure a lot of people. I know a lot, million people are doing that. Yeah, uh, more than millions and millions. I watched a YouTube video at work <laughs> one day. Oh, oh, today. Okay. Yeah, yeah. One. It was just a, a music video that somebody sent me. Hell yeah! I, th- I think it was a music video. It might have been a screen pitch. I can't. Remember. It was. A, <laughs> it was something. But yeah. Oh, no, I was... actually work like I work pretty steadily throughout the day at work. I, I don't get distracted as much. I will say Facebook is a way bigger distraction at work. Especially if you were oh, in a yeah. bunch of group chats. Oh man, when I had an office job and mm-hmm. I was like in stand up, and so like I would be writing jokes all day. I would oh, write. I, I would write more posts. I remember when I was at work because it was like something to escape work. Right. So I was writing so much more when I had an office job. Um, but I mean, my manager would come by and always see me just like on Facebook <laughs> posting something. But she really didn't like her job either. <laughs> so she didn't hold you <laughs> to account. She was a comedy fan. So I remember, like, she would just ignore it, 
And like, she never asked me about my job at all. She would ask me what my show next show was and stuff. She was awesome. And as soon as she left, I was done at that company because the next, yeah. the next manager was not as a, <laughs> not yeah. I can understand. That is one thing that I've discovered without a shadow of a doubt. Likeability goes so insanely far in business. Yeah. Like if you could be the worst employee, but if your boss likes you, yeah, you'll be safe for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. So they yeah. like you. Yeah. And you could be a top performer and it could be a complete prick and you'll be the first one on the chopping block. Right. I was definitely a low performer, but my whole like row of uh of of uh cubicle mm-hmm. uh, coworkers, they would all um I don't know, I would like inside jokes I would start and like, you know, I I made it fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, they liked me even and nobody cared that I wasn't really I was eight minutes late every day because that was as far as you could be without getting in trouble for being. Right. I'd be like like seven forty nine, like every day, just like clocking in on wrinkled shirt, you know, kind of high, mm. uh, smell like weed maybe. But nobody was gonna snitch on me because they're like, this is the only guy who's trying to have fun at this stupid insurance company anyway. Absolutely, hell yeah, that's something that's undervalued, and they should teach that in fucking college. Yeah, or even in high school, like be a likable person. It will be so good for you in the long run, yeah, not just career-wise, but mentality-wise. If you're not eating yourself up all day, being miserable, yeah, like, your your life's your. Yeah, they should teach be you how to behave in high school, like in middle school. Yeah, like they should teach you like like what's what to expect, like how not to like. Uh, but they don't give you even a. They don't even try to set you to to, to get you ready for it. Yeah, because teachers are lazy as fuck. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> teachers are heroes. Somewhere in between. <laughs> but when they try to be heroes, uh, well, my ex, she was a, a teacher, seventh grade teacher. You're what? My my ex girlfriend was a seventh grade teacher uh, during quarantine, virtually. And I mean, these kids, like anytime that she would try. I mean, it was always blow up in her face. It was, it, you know, they, mm-hmm. I mean. You start getting emails from parents and calls from parents. Like, well, she did a thing. No, she would, uh, like every class when the, the kids wouldn't respond, she would threaten pull them. Pull out her tits. I hear you. Yeah. She would threaten them with, yeah. No, she would, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> uh, she would, she would um, threaten them with a text to their parents, uh-huh. you know, and like, it was like the only thing that was eventually working to get anyone to, to, to respond to anything was a threat to call their parents. And then eventually, you know, everyone, you know, it's like half of her class, she's spending like an hour after she's supposed to be done working that she's not getting paid for calling everyone's parents. And did you know that so-and-so is not participating? And they'd be like, oh, you know, and then like they don't even speak English half the time. It was most of her, the parents. Was she and, an ESL teacher? No, no, no. This is just. Uh, I don't know if you know what seventh grade is like nowadays in Houston, but it's just, it's half, maybe at least a third of the students, not ESL, just normal, supposed to be normal seventh grade, don't speak really good English. Hmm. Um, And they keep passing them to the next grade because- Fucking no child left behind. No child left behind. Worst policy of all time. You got kids in seventh grade that don't speak English. And they've gotten all the way, and they're going to get all the way through high school, and they're still not going to speak English. That's that's setting them up for failure. Like I don't know what the answer is. Like you have to maybe why not have Spanish speaking high schools or middle schools or whatever. Maybe I don't know what the answer is, but to just pass them and not give them the education they need is really fucking them in the long run. Yeah, because if they if they don't show up, 
if they never showed up for class, they never t- did an assignment, they would have a 50% in the class because that's how the grading works. Mm-hmm. So, um, and if they turn their, their homework in, let's say it was due the first day of class and they turned it in the last day of class, they would still get full credit for it. Like that was how easy they make it for these kids. That's what I understand. So like our politics is a fucking shit show from the jump street, but like it's surprising. So that, that policy was implemented by George Bush Jr., George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. And no that I've ever heard liberals have ever come out against it. So it could, typically you'll have like this side does it, this side hates it. But this side did it. This side was okay with it. This side also okay with it. Results are straight hot garbage. Yeah. You know why? Uneducated people are easier to get to vote for you. Pro- that's probably a factor. But like you're easier to sway. Like are we just dumbing down everyone? Mm-hmm. Well, it's um yeah. If you have less common it's, sense, if have you don't know how, tor- yeah. horrible repercussions for the entire country. If yes. you have a group of people that struggle to make decisions, don't lack common sense, and don't have a strong source of like value, self value, and responsibility, it's easier to get them to do what you want them to do. Yes. That, that is the answer. That's yeah. that's exactly what's happening. There is no positive reward for those in power to uh, educate, bring other people up to their level, right. kind no, of thing. No, because then they can't control. Like you said, then they can't be controlled. Right. And so, and that's uh, why all of they, they send all their kids to private schools that yes, no, no other people can afford that have great teachers. Who was it on this podcast? Yeah, we, we were talking with um, who was it? Ken- it was a great idea. I think it was Kenji. Yeah, uh, it was Kenji. Do it like Finland, where everyone just all the money goes to the same thing, and then all the schools are the same. No private schools. Yeah. Right. Well, his idea. Yeah, his idea was like you can't. The, you get rid of all charter schools, all private schools right away. So if you want your kid to go to a good school and you live in a certain area, you make sure that that, that school is good. Like it's like to wherever like, every, you take away that it's like, Oh, you can not pay your taxes, but you yeah. can still have your kid. You have a badass education. You take away that possibility. Like then people are like, well, I have to pay my taxes or else my kids going to get a garbage education. Yeah. The, the problem is that in Finland, it's, you know, more homogenous, right? It's more, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's not as segregated. And, and in America, in America, uh, if you want your kids to go to a good school, it's as easy as moving to a good neighborhood. So the parents would just be like, all we got to do is be able to afford to live in, uh, in spring and, or in mm-hmm. Pearland instead of in Sunnyside. And I mean, it's only, you know, but Sunnyside ten, sounds so nice. 10 minutes. Well, the thing about any, oh, anywhere in Houston, as soon as you read the name of the apartment complex, <laughs> if it sounds nice, it's dangerous, you know. And like the nice ones. Wait, you're telling me Granite Club sounds <laughs> nice? <laughs> it's literally never a nice fucking stone. This is. I don't think this is that bad of an uh, apartment complex, is it? It's not terrible. It's not it's, a shitty part of town, but it's. I've never had any issues here. It's not great, but it's not terrible. No, I don't think this is the parking this here is sucks. Bad. But yeah, the parking situation here is the worst. The manager here is, I don't know what we don't need to go to it. Anyway, <laughs> manager's nice. Yeah, I'm in, I've been in apartment complexes doing DoorDash. Just, you, you get out of your car, there's an uh, absolute 100% naked woman just standing, and then, or there's like a, a, a baby with a laptop, and you're just like, you know, this is. <laughs> That's fucking spooky, man. <laughs> baby. I, I, no, he, I remember this baby he was using a laptop like an umbrella for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a big screen laptop. And, yeah. and the baby was naked. Uh, 100%, and, um, and I'll be honest, the, the naked lady, that was a, a different 
place. It was not the same place. Mm. It was a different place. Sunnyside is wild, man. I'll tell you, man. There's, there's people who just walk naked, and uh, it's crazy down there. But yeah, sun, it does sound is nice. Clothing really expensive there. <laughs> no, but uh, the, I think the cracks available. <laughs> <laughs> there's the culprit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, where is Sunnyside? I, nobody, know, nobody knows what it is. Everyone's like, but it's like the most. Um, at one point, it was like the most dangerous neighborhood in the whole country. But it's oh, uh, damn, it's. Uh, of uh, 610 Scott Street exit. If you ever, you're on the 610, take that Scott Street exit right there. And it's just all, just 10 minutes south of downtown. It's like Collin, Scott Street, Belfort okay. area. Um, and, uh, and yeah, man, you know, like, like, you know, you, you see like dead deer on the side of like, you, it's dead dogs like on the side of the road. <laughs> oh, just no. like, there's a dead dog in the McDonald's parking lot. I remember for more than a day, like, and it's like, nobody's going <laughs> to, nobody's going to clean this, pick this guy up. And it's like cute dogs sometimes, man. It's just like, it's heartbreaking. You, you never, you, you don't see that anywhere else, but you'll see dog roadkill in Sunnyside. People just, <laughs> people just leave the, they'll just leave the dog there. People just going, going about their lives. You got like a, looking like, like a cute little dog just like been run over like 12 times. And, uh, <laughs> and people, and, and, and kids just like, uh, you know, also playing the sport, you know, yeah. within, you know, like it doesn't even bother them. <laughs> it's a third world. The though, kids man. like, oh, hey, there's Fluffy. Like there's third world, but it's third world really, honestly, because uh, I've lived in, in the slums of Peru and it's like, it, it looks similar uh certain behavior where you can just be numb to like certain mm-hmm. things and just yeah, the if you're of, around like, it trash enough, you get used to it oh man i'm talking like an absurd amounts of trash on just like flies and just like just in a parking lot you know just like mm-hmm. in the part like like dumpsters that have like months just completely just neglected and you attribute most of it to the crack um, epidemic? No, it's people who don't really give a shit about their where they live and they don't have pride. Um, it's Pride Month, though. There's not a lot of that pride going on either down in Sunnyside, I don't think. <laughs> you ever done stand-up in that neighborhood in the, around there? I have not. Yeah, it's not a lot of... I will say... I, mean, I don't really interrupt you, but like, I, I feel that because I've done some... Some shows like in um, different parts of town where you'll notice a insane increase of like homophobic jokes yeah, yeah. And, and just like not even funny homophobic jokes. Just like, yeah, like, oh, this is just like we don't like gay people kind yeah. of a joke. I mean, and it gets laughs. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. But yeah, and it's like it tends to be. Well, it's Baptist. Uh, has to do with it because, you know, Probably. they go to church on Sundays and like they all like, you know, and you got Chick-fil-A. Yeah, on Sundays? No, 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 dude, no, I'll be t- I'll fucking convert to Baptist and <laughs> to get. No, nah, I'm actually Chick Fil A is not that great. It's good but, no, for that, fast food. I'm but. just bringing it up because it's, it's uh there, there, there's this whole uh religious backed homophobia. Yeah, which um, is the worst kind in my opinion. Oh yeah, I mean I have it in my family too. With some like, of my don't be sanctimonious with me and be a bigot. Like it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, it's, it's it's in religion. It's I think that's what it is. There's not not no other hatred is uh, is really backed by the church like that like or even accepted. It's like it's backed and accepted because like yeah, like in a, like the 
Christianity, certain sects like hate a bunch of stuff, a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but none of it seems to be as hate like acceptable to hate more than that because it's in the Bible. Like it's it's one verse. Kenji has a joke about that. It's like that one verse yeah. is relatively ambiguous, and it's there may be more than one. I'm not a scholar or anything, but like, and that, I've read that that's that scripture where it comes from. Um, like there's like fifteen. You shall not do this, mm-hmm. and it's like you shouldn't fuck your kids. You shouldn't fuck is your uncle. There? Yeah, it's it's like all back to back to back to back. See, I always assume that nothing was in there about not touching kids because of the way the Catholic Church, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, behaves, but it's in there, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like uh, don't fuck your kid. Don't Apparently, they fuck- needed to put it in there a few more times because it didn't, it didn't, uh, yeah, didn't really work. What's ironic about it is like don't fuck your cousins. Like don't steal your pers- your neighbor's goat. It's like it's it's all like <laughs> I love how it's goat as opposed to like just property. How about yeah? Like, you can steal anything else, but you leave that goat alone and don't fuck it. <laughs> and they, they, yeah, and what they'll say is like, don't do this, and the punishment is this. Don't do this, and the punishment is this. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's like so it's along with this whole long line, and it's like we're in the worst book of the Bible, I think objectively, uh, Leviticus. It's, it's yeah, like, it's. Like, I'm not a Bible biblical scholar, but like I would listen to the Old Testament. On my um, phone, yeah, because the guy who reads it, this guy named Darren L. Slider, and I only know that because I've listened to it so many times. Yeah, is such a monotone, boring voice. Oh, okay, that it would literally help me sleep. Oh, okay. So I originally started listening to it so I could troll, <laughs> so I could troll my mom on Bible stuff. This is great for sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> it is. That's, that's so true. Get Levervox on your phone. It's free, and all. It's like. There's this uh, app that every book that's in the public domain. So basically, every book that's over a hundred years old is free. Yeah, audiobook, and uh, obviously all the Old Testament's on there. Somehow the Quran not on there. I don't know how they got what the fuck how that why, but it's not on there. It's a good question. It is a good. I want to know the bottom of this. I want to know who started the Karen phase (laughs) or freight. No, a a Quran is different than a Karen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody likes either one. Anyway, um, all right. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's the Michelob Ultra's hitting you. No, exactly. <laughs> I love how I said Modelo, and then you, you heard Michelob, and I thought maybe you would just because there is a Michelob, just like a just Michelob, not like uh, you're fat. Oh, like the yeah. <laughs> is there? There's yeah. There's a Michelob, not Ultra. There's just a Michelob. I did not know that. Yeah, I saw like I, like I literally I think I said to you I was like. When I got him, I was like, when you said it, I was like, okay. Like, in my head, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he's into weird stuff, I guess. Like, uh, but whatever, it's a guess. I'm not going like to beer shame it's you. It's like diet beer. But it's not even that much less. Like, it's 95 calories. Miller Lite's like 100 And I will calories. say this. Um, we were right to not drink it. It's not good beer. Like, I uh, would, no. yeah, I would not buy another case of this. Absolutely not. Um, There's no reason to drink it. No. I, I, I I can't think of another beer that would be I would buy because light beer is only like 100 calories, 110 calories. So to save 10 calories and to drink this horse shit, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> I like this. and the can's not even fitting in my koozie. Which no, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> not happy about it. They don't make uh, koozies for white claws, huh? Mm-mm. Well, there's some that are like that fit them both, which is like it's like oh, a, it's a. a, a Showing how much I drink, but <laughs> there are these koozies that are like a bit firmer, like they're like real firm, like on a, on a small can, yeah. But they can easily be stretched to the the normal cans. 
I know a few ladies like that. Hey. <laughs> or so they tell you. Don't mm. tell me you got a normal can. No, I don't you know. Fucking Michelob Ultra can bastard. Oh, I'm kidding. I know nothing about this guy's uh, can. <laughs> <laughs> Man, no. He's like, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> no, I, it's more like I, I, I don't know what not to say. Uh, honestly. <laughs> so were you not raised religious? No. Uh, my my parents both uh, they knew that I was supposed to be Christian. And they kind of they're like, "Hey, try it out, see if you like it." But um, I only thought that because you hated gay people so much. I love gays, man. Gays are gays are uh, clearly the superior. Um, no, I'm not gonna go that. Everyone's far, equal, except for pedophiles or scumbags. I mean, we gotta cure that. Is I think we're, we're trying to cure a lot of stuff, but clearly. I mean, like Louis C.K. said about like the pedo- pedophiles. It's like, I mean, on, clearly they would rather not uh, have to be into that, right? I don't know that Louis C.K. is the uh, the <laughs> gold standard of morality or, or uh, listen. But I've talked. I've, I've talked. I don't know if it was on podcast or or I've just had random conversations. They are, yeah. They definitely would if they could choose. They would not do that. I mean, who would, who would pick? I mean, objectively, you can't choose what you're attracted to objectively, to a large degree. Objectively, kids aren't hot, like you know. For you, for I me, mean, I don't know about Mark. I don't, I don't know. I don't see it, man. I'm kidding. He has a full I, adult girlfriend. I don't. I don't see it. Cute, all right. Like a like a like a like a Pomeranian, you know. Like I mean, mm-hmm. it's adorable, you know. Yeah. But uh, like like sexy, I just don't get it. Yeah, their wires are crossed up in their brain. Right. Yeah. So there's got to be some way to fix. I mean, it should be like, I think that people should more you know, come out, not maybe not come out like publicly. I'm a pedophile, everybody. But like, you know, if you're a pedophile, like don't like stop indulging in it and go somewhere that they'll help you without putting you in prison. And like, just like, I don't know, they got to shock your brain and give you some type of drugs. But like, there's a pedophile fix- island. Which yeah. In Washington. Yeah. yeah. There is a pedophile island where it's like people, they put them on this island because they, because like the repeat offender rate is like ninety nine to one hundred percent. Yeah, if you let them out, they're gonna do it again. It's just like, can you imagine like going your entire life and not being attracted to what you're attracted to? Like, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if someone said that you know you couldn't like women because it's illegal, there would be nothing that that you that the government could do. Mm-hmm. You would always still be trying to hook up with women. So, and your brain would rationalize it in some kind of weird random way. Right, although if you watch like uh, Chicken Hawk, that's a pretty good. I don't uh, know what that documentary is. about pedophiles, but um, I know the term. They interview them almost like they're on their side, but it's like a, it's like a bait switch. Like it's like not on their side, but it's like they're, they're, they're pretending to be sympathetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they like they say like these things, and like the way they rationalize it. Yeah, it's like mental uh, gymnastics. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy. But like I feel like there should be more prevention going on instead of just. Uh, I don't think you can prevent it. I, as of right now, just yeah. based on my base level knowledge of it, what I've seen, whatever, like the, the podcast that was about it, or you know how like Down syndrome that you can tell the baby's gonna grow up to be down, like if you could, if you could check that in the womb, <laughs> yeah, I'd rather have a Down syndrome. Kid. Uh, not that that's the end of the world, but like right. well, I would much rather have that than a, a this pedophile. fetus is already a pedophile. In yeah. <laughs> it's checking itself out in the mirror. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's really into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you could tell, then it's just like, yeah, we need to just cure this shit and uh, and and not have it just be like a. Um, I've never heard, just in like I said, I've listened to this podcast that talks about a lot of fucked up people and uh, 
a lot of them are end up being like pedophiles, but like, and they talk about it. I've never heard of somebody who didn't have a horrific, traumatic experience in their childhood that grew up to be that way. I feel like that's what's so awful about the Catholic Church scandal is that yeah. they're creating, and not a guarantee if you get molested, you're going to be screwed up. I'm not saying that. But a lot of the people who end up being of that persuasion are people who have been abused as a kid. And it's like a, it's like a, a, a awful cycle. cycle. Yeah. yeah. So what would you think about, like if they ever make like um, sex dolls or, or sex robots that are so like realistic that people would be like, all right, I'm not going to go out and go after real life people when I can have my shameful thing in private and get their needs met. Yeah. Would you be for that or would you be against it? Would you uh, think it would create like, more of that? I or do they like, create less of that? I think, I mean, my idea would be to like try to, uh, I don't know if you got to do some type of therapy that will change the, the brain, like even to the point of electroshock therapy, like yeah, change clean. this person's brain somehow. If we need to take a, his pedophile piece out of his brain, mm. like to me, that would be, but if you're not going to do any of that, then I mean, there is, yes, I'd rather they rape a, robot baby than the real baby and make it i guess make it available to pedophiles yeah. but shit man i mean i don't seems think like that it, it would have to go i don't far. think that it would increase the level of pedophilia i would think and like i said um it's it sucks but like i feel like l the less human kids getting raped the better Sure. And I don't think somebody would be like that wasn't going to do it anyway. Would be like, oh well, now that I tried this robot, now I got to go have the real thing. No, I, don't, no. I don't. I think people once you're on that path, your yeah. brain is fucked. And um, and I'm actually 100 yeah. percent for. And I've actually talked about this again. I don't think it was on the podcast, but like uh, about like the idea of like a like wiping the brain. Like yeah. I've talked to people about hypotheticals. Like would you sign if you were a president <laughs> and I, you could sign yeah. a law that well, you knew for a fact these people. Not just rapists, but murderers, sure. criminals. Like they go to the prison to a certain level. Either they're going to stay in prison forever, or you could wipe their brain clean mm -hmm. and they start from scratch. But they have to relearn everything. You put a they lose their memories. Put a football helmet on them, all right? Yeah. And you take a sledgehammer <laughs> and you just you hit it, and then you just and then lie detector. Do you like kids still? Yeah. And until they don't like kids anymore, and then you put them back in society. And who knows what else fucking shit they're doing, but at least, at yeah. least they're not... At least they're, now they're different. Like, I would be down for, like, a Clockwork Orange yeah. situation. Something like that. Because people I'm, are like, oh, no, you can't... You're getting rid of their... There are memories and they're, they're oh, this, so, like, I don't give a yeah, shit. No, they're fucking matter. monsters. Right. They're a pedophile. I don't care if they're, oh, now we can't play the piano the way he used to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there is no excuse. And that's like, that's whenever, like the American ideals, which I'm very pro that, like, but they're like, oh, you can't go across this line. I'm like, there's certain things that you yeah. got to be cool with getting rid of somebody's civil liberties to make yeah. sure that kids don't get. Uh, it's too abused. free of a country. Some points. Some yeah, point. sometimes free is too free. <laughs> yeah. That's a thing, and we all need to accept that and uh, move on. If we all just got chips in our body, <laughs> this would solve everything. We do. Don't you get vaccinated? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Um, Albert uh, De Leon. I did this joke about like um, the, the chip is like a magnetic, and like you, you would hold up a magnet. 
I can't remember where he went with it. It was much funnier than what I'm doing right now. But uh, <laughs> you ever seen his stand up? No, but he's legendary because I've heard that he's the the best comic. Like, oh, he's fucking hilarious. Like, like five or like ten times from different people, and they're like, and I mean, I've seen him. I actually, have seen him, but like, he just came back out it, recently. It, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I've seen, but um, they would say that, like you know sometimes it goes really well and sometimes it doesn't go well at all, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I, I've only seen. When it wasn't going well, so I didn't like understand what mm-hmm. they're talking about. But it must he must be like a genius because, like, like I said, I mean, I've heard, I mean, it's like five different people, in the, or like the whole ride to Galveston. I was with like Grady and Trey, and like they're just all telling stories about him. And I'm like, I mean, you know, I've only he, seen him bomb, so I'm sure he's. I'm telling must you, be, like, check him out a couple more. Like, well, I'm, I'm, I mean, don't, like, you know, if you don't listen, if you don't listen to Trey or Gray, you're not gonna listen to me. But like, I'm not saying that you're <laughs> oh, not. No, like, I'm, not, I'm not. It's not that I'm not listening. I'm open minded, and I will watch it's him so whenever, true. whenever he's around. You know, whenever he, he's up. But he, and I talked to we talked to Rayo about this um, when we had him on. Like, Albert is very much like Drew Hallway. It's like you're either gonna get fucking gold, and it's gonna be super unique. Yeah, and it's like it. The back of the room is gonna explode, and the, we'll see if the, the the audience likes it. And most of the time, they do. So I've seen Drew a lot, and the thing I'll get about Drew is he's fearless. So is Albert, and yeah. uh, and that's not something that I am myself. I am Very a lot of fear. Are. Yeah, I, I go up on stage and like if I'm ever like uh, I get out of the I can have a, a great set because if I can get out of that, but like mm-hmm. a lot of the time. It's a battle up until I get on stage, and it's like, and then even on stage, it's like I'm having a good set now. Oh, I'm 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 scared of losing this good set. I don't want to ruin it. Why don't I do some safe jokes that I know are gonna and right. like, but to go up with no fear, um, which is like you know, uh, I mean I admire it. I admire it. But mm-hmm. then when you see it, when you see it like bomb terribly, mm-hmm. um, you know, it I'm like I think I don't like I don't know if I can handle having a set that bad. As I've seen, you know, I mean, yeah. you've seen Drew walk an entire room. For sure. You know, yeah, almost yeah, yeah. an entire room. Yeah. And then to me, I'm like, you know, I'm thinking of it. I think it's because I did stand up as a job for a while. And mm-hmm. I had agencies where if you had a bad set to the point where, like, you walked half of a room, like, you could lose your career mm-hmm. on one bad show. Because they don't even care how original you are, how hilarious you are. Like, hey, will, the, will, the, will they invite you back? That's it. Will they agree to have more shows here? That's all they cared about. So I would always, like, I knew I couldn't have a bad set. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's still hindering me now that I, like, I, I, I think I can't have a bad, and I can't have a bad, I can have bad sets here. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I, nobody cares about my good sets anyways, because it's, <laughs> there's nothing happening for anyone. Nobody's who, paying attention for, to, to, to see those good sets and to say, oh, I saw you crush, come do this. The people who have the power, for the most part, aren't paying attention. They're worrying about other things. Um, and there are a few people who are paying attention and they're rewarding it. Few and far between, but like, there's just not, that I've seen, like, the improv doesn't give a fuck what's going on in the local scene. That's just a fact. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's like, I don't think it's debatable. I mean, um, obviously, like, a couple of comics in town that are consistent and really, really funny are in on that, on that level. But there's no feeder system. There's no person paying attention. They at least used to have an open mic, but even then, nobody was paying. Nobody was paying attention to that shit. Oh yeah, no, I went one time and it was such a a weird. Uh, there was a, also a mic happening in the bar at the same time, 
Mm-hmm. Did you ever go to the improv mics when this was happening? No. They had the stage mic and then they had the bar mic at the same time. Uh-huh. And so all the comics were all at the bar mic having a great time. You hear the, the joke laugh and you're on stage with like just like the few comics that are like up right after you. Mm-hmm. So they have to be in that room. And then like some audience members that got conned in the, the, the sitting, in the, <laughs> sitting in the main room. Uh-huh. It was like 12 people in the main room and then they got like 30, 40 people in the bar. Uh, so it was yeah. such a weird, weird, uh, weird mic that they did, had there. Did you do any studying uh, at all or read any books based on comedy or looked in like, com- like joke structure or anything like that? Or are you just natural? Like, Yeah, uh, I would say the first year I, I, need, I need to do that. Shit. I took this like, I didn't take the class, but I treated it just like every class in college. I found the materials like pirated them mm-hmm. and just studied them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was all about word economy, laughs per minute, uh, mm-hmm. and seconds of laughter per minute. Uh, laughs per, like, to get, there was like a headliner level minute. You have a feature level minute. Or you have open micro level minute. And it's like, you should be trying to get headliner level minute each minute of your, st- of your set. Mm. And so I would write really precise back then. Like uh, uh, and I would oh, uh, no, I would actually not write. I would when I would start. I would think now I write more precise. But when I started out, I would just write something I thought was funny, and then I would go back and I would change every word to have less syllables, if mm-hmm. possible. Or you know, if I could take a word out at any point, take it out to make it less words per laugh, less uh, and more laughs per minute. And mm-hmm. so I would really like I would have highlighters and different colors and stuff and like oh this is a three second laugh oh i know this is a five second laugh well this is a 10 second laugh with an applause break so that's gonna be okay i can i can use some extra words before it and stuff like that i i i would approach uh i guess my material like that mm-hmm. but you know and then eventually i stopped doing that and i just hope that it just kind of i mean i really don't even write stuff down anymore i just think that it like kind of just clicks after a long time kind of have your voice you kind of have your style mm-hmm. um but yeah i always went by based on if it never say something that doesn't make it funnier even if it's like true or if it's something about you that I, you know you don't always get bored listening to people talking about themselves giving details about themselves that don't make the joke funnier and it's almost like an insult to the audience to think that we care where you went to college mm-hmm. and what year you graduated mm-hmm. but there's comments that will like say that because they think that they're that important that people actually give a shit about anything about your life besides what will make me laugh like that's the only reason that you're giving the microphone mm-hmm. the crowd doesn't care what your name and in houston they don't care even what your name is they don't, <laughs> they don't care you know they barely care what your instagram is after you had a good set if you had a good set and mm-hmm. even then they still barely care it's just make me laugh i had a hard day at work that's the only reason that i'm here it's the only reason that you should be here and so like whenever you see especially new comics up there just talking about their themselves giving details that don't make anything funnier it's just like people check out yeah quickly on that because it's like a narcissistic thing at that point it's like Plus it's not funny it's like, a, it's like objectively not funny, but, but sometimes they get the, the joke will be funny, but like there's just details. It's a long time to get there. Yeah, it'll be details. I, have a, in there. I had a really big problem with that. Like in the beginning, it's just like, and it wasn't. I, I just, I for me, I thought it was like, well, it has to make logical sense, which was the worst thing to think. Like the joke has to make logical <laughs> sense. Uh, this has to be true, kind of like thing. 
And right. I was like, nope, wrong. And just like go with what's funny, what sounds funny, or yeah, what makes people laugh. And I still struggle with that. Like, I think every one of my jokes that does well could probably be cut, like realistically, at least in a third, if not in half. Like, I could easily lose a lot of words. I'm just, I hate. I was never a good student in college. Like, I never did the homework. I just, I would go to class and pay attention. Yeah. And I hated doing like the structure stuff. And like, and I was homeschooled for English. So my like sentence structure and knowing where to put this and that. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not impossible to pick it up. I'm just too lazy. I need to start dedicating a lot of my YouTube time (laughs) to getting better at comedy time. And I just, I even hate like listening to sets afterwards and seeing where I could have made it quicker or sharper or changed words. I just hate that aspect of it. I just need to get used to it and and start enjoying it somehow. Yeah, well, early on, like I used to treat it like that, and I would say that it was less enjoyable because I was so uh, trying to get the words down to and to be more efficient and everything, but I wasn't as comfortable on stage. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like in actuality, that's a step to like get to where you can write efficient jokes. But what you should really be trying to get to is just comfort of how you're so you're so comfortable on stage that the crowd's so just eased by your presence and that you can really you can do your jokes or you can just be funny because you're so comfortable. Just like if you were in a conversation with friends and you just know like what to say. And so like mm-hmm. but that's you know a lot of comics, they try to do that at first. They think, oh, I'll just get on stage and I'll just be comfortable and say, but you have to first build the foundation mm-hmm. so that you have the jokes to gain the trust so that you can play with the audience and then like it'll naturally lead into jokes as opposed to like having a set list. And I know like it's a completely different uh, approach to comedy, but I do kind of subscribe to the whole Bill Gates uh, Bill Gates, Bill Hicks, <laughs> Bill Hicks. I wish Bill Hicks was still around. Yeah, Bill well, Gates. he is. His name's Alex Jones. Yeah, uh, but he's not a believer, I guess. <laughs> you know, it's a conspiracy theory. I haven't right? seen enough evidence. You know, <laughs> I we have enough. the documents. <laughs> Man, I, I, I miss Alex Jones. I'm not gonna lie. You you miss Alex Jones? Yes. <laughs> you think he died and Bill Hicks is is? Uh, I actually, if you're, if I'm being honest. I'd rather have more Alex Jones, less Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks is funny, but like, I, what, are we, what are we saying? Okay, so now... Just no, and, and, of mine. Well, with Bill Hicks, it's not necessarily uh, about uh, his... Like, um, I would say, you know, you watch a bunch of Bill Hicks, and you're like, that was pretty good. But it was, it's more about the fundamentals of how he, he approached comedy. He made this, like, rules of stand-up because he thought he figured it out. But I really do think he'd had figure some of some of the things out how to get to the a next level and he would say that like you know your joke should be like the last resort um you should get on stage and like if you have nothing funnier to say in the moment based on the venue somebody's hat someone something if you can't there's nothing funny then do your material and then if something that you can do in the moment a occurs to you do that always go for that that's always going to be funnier than pre-written material that is just generic for any audience if you can acknowledge what's happening in the moment there's never going to be anything funnier than that and it's always going to be original because it's not going to be something that you said before so you're going to be into it 
because it's actually making you laugh while you're talking about it. Otherwise, you wouldn't you wouldn't talk about it. So it's to me that's the most fun and the most the the best I can do at stages when I'm in that mode, which was a lot easier to do when I was doing hours um, on the road mm-hmm. when I was you know full time stand up. I could go you know go to a town and just you know you build up that reputation with the agencies and nobody else is judging you besides your openers. And uh, it's different to try to start over. You now you're know. trying to cram that into like a five to fifteen <laughs> to maybe twenty minutes of your lucky set. Yeah, like I, I, I approach that like Darwin sometimes, like doing five minutes, and I'm like, I'm just gonna roast this mic. I'm gonna roast the table that how they've been behaving. I'm roasting the comics that has been talking, the ones that are still talking. Like, as, as, and I feel like that's the only way to like really have fun. Yeah, at a, at a mic like that where it's it's not supportive. It's not. Yeah, you know, I've never I've never heard that uh, that um, thought process or that philosophy. I love that philosophy, but That's that being Bill said, Hicks. I'm, Bill Hicks I, says that mm-hmm. I've always loved crowd work, and I've always said like not necessarily crowd work, but like just being present, right? Like that is the most fun, and not only is that the most fun, the audience is going to reward you for being in the moment and saying something yeah. that that you came up with on the spot. Like yeah. a, a joke that is legitimately, if just done over and over, is a four. The audience is going to give you like an eight if yes. you said done in the moment. Right. And every you're going to have more fun doing it. The crowd's going to have more fun. Yeah. And then like that's a great philosophy. I've never heard that. That's well, that's how I believe. I've just never th- put it on paper. But then again, like I would always go jokes, and then whenever I thought I could get something in, I would try it or I would react. But I even like better. Obviously, I don't have the foundation of the, the enough jokes to be able to do that. But once I right. do, that's 100% what I want to do. Right. You fall back on the jokes because it's like yeah. if you have something, like when you get on stage, if something happened, you know, I mean. That's you, my favorite part of stand up right now. <laughs> yeah. It's like you get like, like, I, I get so excited. You went, you went up after I Judea, I think. Me. I one time you went up after Judea and she said something about white guys. And like you went up and you had just had a retort to her set exactly. that night and like it crushed, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you have that, use that because like that'll get the crowd to trust that not only are, can you write jokes and perform them and then maybe they'll be funny like oh this person's just funny mm-hmm. and um that's the way you you can earn the respect of a hostile audience that isn't easily impressed you know if you can say something in the moment that's funny then you earn their trust now they'll listen to your bits and they'll think they're funnier because they believe in you that you're actually a funny person not just a funny set writer and deliverer of your material yeah what sucks i mean it sucks is i'm way better at that side of being funny than i am at writing jokes because i used to host a couple of mics and people would be like oh you did this you did a great job you're a really good host kind of stuff and like that was so funny in the moment and um and then like when i stopped doing that i just started going straight to like doing five minute sets here and there I don't know. I think I just got in a rut to where I was just like, I just didn't write anything that I thought was funny. And I was trying to try new stuff all the time. I wasn't getting sh- anything sharp and I went away from like being in the moment for a while and it yeah. hurt me. And people like, I would have people say like, after doing the podcast, like, man, you were really funny on the podcast. I'm like, fuck <laughs> me. That means you think I'm not funny at all <laughs> on stage. But I th- it's way more common that people are funny on stage, but they're not funny in conversation and, uh, or they're just, you know boring in mm-hmm. uh, when they're not on stage because uh so honestly it's better i think to be naturally 
funny in conversation, and then you just fig- you got to figure out your voice is really a lot of the time um, what makes it difficult to write material because um, you know it's kind of like kind of all has to come from some type of this, the crowd kind of wants to get to know you so mm-hmm. it's like oh that sounds like an Adam Radliff joke you mm-hmm. know or uh, or or that sounds like you know your um perspective on on life like you notice uh like i think one of my, my favorite voices i think for like uh female comics is the like i'm better than ever, i'm better than uh than you or like i'm but like to make it funny and mean almost like mm-hmm. like natasha legero cracks me up her uh-huh. whole like voice is like i'm too good for this like and uh like uh, i'm too good to do these things and so like that voice is like so she makes she can write in that voice it's easier to write material um so i think that's what a lot of the time when you're struggling to write material is like because you don't have like a a, a persona mm-hmm. or like uh i'm stuck between whether i want to do like the voice wise whether i want to do self-deprecating which is what i've done that's been most successful for me personally or um angry which i don't personally enjoy that much but i've heard people say oh you went on this rant and it it was really funny i thought that was what you need to lean into i think whenever you make me laugh it's some from some blunt honest maybe mean (laughs) thing and i don't think that the self-deprecating uh i can't really remember where you being self-deprecating made me laugh as much as when you are just say something brutally honest is what makes me laugh mm-hmm. um, whenever I'm talking to you. And that's why I, I mean, whenever you, I mean, you crack me up just as much as anybody else in conversation, mm-hmm. but it's when you're being brutally honest. It's not when you're being self-deprecating. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes self-deprecating is not. It's like it's a trap. It's you're just stuck a, in it and it's not. And like, then you also worry, like, you have to worry about people being like, oh, should I feel bad for this guy? Because like, he's saying all this self-deprecating stuff. Is he depressed? Or is he you know, like, jump off a cliff? You ever watch, uh, you know who Kevin Brennan is? I know that name. He's Neil Brennan's less successful, bitter, angry uh, comic. But uh, he is, he cracks me up on his podcast because of how brutally, he does not give a fuck about who likes him uh you know not a not oh i can't talk shit about you know joe rogan or uh some you know when you come in just any famous comic he doesn't care mm-hmm. um because you know he's like past is you know he's like almost like he's like in his almost 60 probably but he's you know he just has a podcast and um and i think if he was self-deprecating it would be just like depressing you know, well, I also worry a lot, and it sounds cliche, but I worry a lot about saying something that's going to get me in trouble. Like I'm like, if I say anything like that, it's that on this line or this lane, because I watch the comedy scene pretty closely because uh, I got uh, that kind of time in my life, so I see all <laughs> this stuff going on, and I'm like, oh, I don't ever want somebody to see me that way, or I don't want anyone to ever see me that way, or if I tell this joke. Uh, are they going to think like this? Like there are, there is a whole set of jokes that I would love to go like rant about that I cannot do, or, or not I can't do, I won't do because I'm like, well, if I do that, it, I know for a fact it's going to piss off this person, 
And then it may piss off this person, especially if it's somebody who's got some kind of power. I'm like, I can't do that. If it's funny, then anyone who has power who doesn't respect that it's funny, then uh, they shouldn't be in power. But like, I, I, I can't think of anyone um, who books shows like uh, who doesn't, who, who cares more about not being offensive. I mean, it's Houston. I mean, I feel like out of a lot of scenes, you can maybe worry about it more. But in Houston, I feel like people get up and say wild shit. And uh, as long as they get laughs, mm-hmm. they get away with it because uh, it was very forgiving here. It's not a lot of the woke brigade. It doesn't really uh, But do you think a new run? Do you think a brand new comic will get the same amount of latitude? As somebody like like Azad, like like Zod could like go up and say literally anything, but he's such a, has such an established uh, reputation and presence. Like people are like okay, well yeah, that that didn't work out, but he's also he's still hysterical. He's only established amongst comics. Well, that's who the people who book stuff. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like uh, I mean I, I I hear I hear what you're saying. Um, so like if he says something outlandish, like the 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 comics will like. They'll probably think a, it's funny, but if a brand new comic says something the exact same, they'll be like, ooh, that's not cool. Unless it's funny. I mean, if they get laughs, they get laughs, though. That's laughs is su- most important. Yeah. I think that, ah, maybe I'm over. That's the thing. It's like, maybe I'm too in my head about not pissing off certain people when I should not think about that at all. As long as it's funny, like, yeah. I'm not going out there to hurt anybody, but like. Yeah, as long as it's funny. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, if you, the whole, that's all crazy thing about comedy is like so much of it is about somebody's getting hurt like so there's so you're punching at something or somebody yeah and that's why i think that's why i do so much self-deprecating humor i was like look i know who i'm punching at right now nobody can get mad at me for punching at my baldness or whatever uh so I'm like i do those jokes I'm like i know that i can't get in trouble for that but if yeah, i that's that's uh i gotta get out of that mindset i think the first thing's that it should be something that makes you laugh. Mm-hmm. And then if it makes you laugh, okay. And honestly, that's it. And that way, when you do it, if they don't like it, you'll be like, well, you don't like me then. It's you not- heard it here first, folks. Antonio Second say the N-word on stage. It's, um, I'm, good to, I'm kidding. <laughs> honestly, there's something funny there. Uh, <laughs> At least the idea is like uh, somebody gave him some great advice that I should be myself on stage. So uh, and then yeah. you just go, yeah. go into like a fucking white supremacist yeah. rant the whole fucking set. Honestly, that so would make, Hitler had a it point. would make That's me laugh because because yeah. uh, it's like ironic that yeah. uh, it's said be myself, but it's like well shit. Um, mm. You know, let's talk about Jews then. I'll yeah. tell you what. Oh, and then, uh, <laughs> I think I'm just too in my head about what other people think. I need to get rid of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think in Houston, people don't. I don't, I mean, at least from my perspective, I don't think people think a lot about each other's material besides how it, how they do. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, so-and-so crushed, so-and-so killed. But nobody's ever like, so-and-so killed. And they, very rarely, as someone, and I love it when they do, because in other scenes, they do it a lot more. But they'll be like, what you were saying was really profound or brilliant. Like, that point you made was really brilliant. Like, in Houston, that's not... Because everyone's on the porch. Nobody's even watching the material for the most part. Sure. And if they are, they're probably just like sitting back there talking to whoever's in the back. So like, I prime, I agree with you hundred percent and I wish there was more of it. And I go out of my way to do this because yeah. I think it, good material needs to be rewarded 
even if it's just me verbally saying it and take it for what it's worth. So like Kenji, uh, right out of quarantine, had the, the Black Terminator joke that was fucking hilarious. Stokes, right out of quarantine, had a TikTok joke and a U of H joke and like a couple. Of, like, he came out of the quarantine fucking hot and like he was he was like took quarantine more serious than literally anyone i know as far as comics go like he wasn't going out at all oh oh oh, yeah from that yeah yeah yeah. he disappeared yeah he disappeared and he came back better it seems like i mean he was already hilarious but like yeah he didn't miss a beat and he's been on fire ever since he came back yeah and i'll tell him like dude i love that new joke that's i love this i love that yeah i just i saw him last night he told two new jokes i've never heard before Mm-hmm. Like where the fuck did these come from? And they were they crushed in the moment. First yeah. time I ever heard him. He's a great joke writer. Yeah, he's really good. And he said like the one of them. He's like, yeah, I started writing that right before. I started trying that right before quarantine hit, and then whenever it came back. So, so he had tried like twice, but like this is whole bit about going to UHD University of Houston downtown that is hysterical, and it's like a three minute bit, mm-hmm. and um. So I feel like more people should, I mean, maybe they do. I mean, maybe I just don't see it, but I, I'm a big on like, if I see something, what sucks is my memory is such garbage is I'll see somebody set. I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. But in the four minutes after they tell, even if they do it the first time, I'll have forgotten what the joke was. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, Hey, what was that new joke you did? It crushed. And if they can remember it, but I have had that awkward conversation so many times. Like, oh, yeah, what was that new joke you tried? And they say this. I'm like, no, nah, that wasn't it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, there needs to be a little bit more support in, in Houston. What do you feel about... We could use a workshop um, like we had. Uh, I think that... I mean, a lot of times workshops, they get bogged down by like somebody who is like establishes a rapport at the workshop and then they're the person that always talks and everyone else never like, then it becomes this weird thing, but like- Or clowns uh, talk. If we had a- Clowns that should not be talking talk. Right. People who nobody wants their opinion. But if we had like, uh, maybe just a workshop, maybe it's not not open to everyone, you know? Uh Maybe maybe it's just a a workshop where it's like, okay, you know, we get together, you know, in someone's house, whatever, we go up. We do the joke, and we tell each other exactly what we think. Yes, of it, and like not get mad at each other. Doesn't mean it's not funny because I say it's not funny. That's just my opinion, and 100%. not not you know a room of twenty people without a crowd to like legitimize that it's funny. Even the most brilliant bit that you're thinking, like there might be somebody who'll be like, have a, like, what about that part? Is that and it'll make it better, you know. I completely agree with this, and I love the fact that it needs to happen in person. Yeah. So if you do that in a, in a group chat, and I'm in a lot of group chats where we try to pitch jokes. Yeah. No. Invariably, it's going to get shredded to pieces, and yeah. they don't. You can't have the inflection, or the cadence. No. Yeah. Like, it's got to. It's got to happen in person. Yeah. yeah. And so much yeah. of that is lost, and you got to do, you do that. But I would be a hundred percent down for that. And I've had people be like. Dude, do you hate me? Like every time I tell a joke in this group chat, you give this this negative feedback. I'm like, no, I'm just giving you my honest thoughts. Like if I thought it was like hilarious, I would say it was hilarious. If yeah. I thought it could, I didn't get it. Like I said, not saying that I don't. I'm the king of all comedy. I mean, but. I'd almost love a type of workshop where everyone kind of like you know, it's like we all respect comedy. We all like respect each other enough to like sit down, like know that we all have funny in us. We all can be funny. 
and like to, for someone to go up, do their new joke, and for there like to a debate to happen amongst the comics that are listening to being like, no, I think that this, I think that works because he's no, but I think it works. I don't think it works because of the way he said. And like for everyone to just have a debate about stuff because we're always only gonna get better. I think with the truth coming out because a lot of the time I'll listen to a comic that ha- has a bit that's killing, mm-hmm. but I'm like. I want to say something to him. We're like, ah, this one part is like, maybe it's killing tonight, but at some point there's going to be a time where a crowd's going to be like, Hey, that part doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like that part is not true. Or like that fact that you dropped is false. Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, I'm not going to say who it is, but like, okay. So you, you heard like the whole thing about if you pee on, um, uh, jelly, jellyfish. Yep. Uh, sting that it like cures it or something uh-huh. like it's not true like uh-huh. it's, a, it's, a, it's a myth but yeah, I've it's heard, come everyone knows that <laughs> it's not yeah okay now you know now you know who, now you know who, who's your, but and i'm not gonna bring it up to them because i'm not gonna be like hey your whole joke is based on a, a false premise uh-huh. but i feel like in a workshop i would want to just like wouldn't that person at least want to know that they're saying something that's false that person in particular probably not but go no i'm, no, kidding. I, I, I'm kidding he actually probably you know, I, would yeah well because you can still make it funny and then, because based on the fact that you all believed that that this 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 myth is the whole crowd believes it, and like then you could at the end of the whole joke to be like, and you know, and and actually that's all like you know, you, you could still uh, for just for the people in the audience that are like, actually I looked that up one day because it didn't sound right, and it's not true. Mm-hmm. Just like make your you can make your bits better. I mean, I worked with headliners. I feel like that had like false premises. Mm-hmm. Like this one comic, he had a joke about making fun of the the cr- the crab from Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. and Sebastian. how Sebastian, how it sounded like uh, it was like racist because he was making like a Jamaican accent, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. his whole bits about how it's like you know it's like offensive, and the, the actual actor who played the Sebastian is a like a Jamaican man. I would imagine, yeah. Right, but but the whole bits based on this whole. False uh, premise like of it being a, no, but I I don't think he knows. I don't think the person actually ever like googled like, hey, he just like it got laughs at some point, mm-hmm. and then they just kept on doing the bit. But like, yeah, in you know, uh, Oklahoma, the crowd doesn't care if it's factually accurate. But you go on Conan and you do that bit in front of millions of people. The, yeah. the you know the top YouTube comments like this is not this <laughs> this is not true, and it's just why. Why have that those gaps of logic in uh, when you can do a workshop with other comics and someone could be like, "All right, I know this bit's been killing, and I know that it's funny, mm. but this is objectively this fact is not true. I don't know if you want to work that in to make it into part of your bit or what, but like, I, I see that a lot of times, and I'm just kind of a stickler. I'm kind of like- a, a purist, and to me, I will stop listening to a joke even if it's crushing because I'm like, oh, that's not. It'll take you out of it. It'll take like, me out of it because I know, know it's I know it's based on a false premise. I would say you could tell that person. Women that, don't be shopping. But bullshit. Women Google do it. be shopping. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I would say you could tell that comics that because the I actually had a conversation with a lot of people like I really respect because I was we were talking about um, that particular comic and like that comic is brutally honest with people. So what I was when I first started the conversation, I was like. Look, I've never had any problems, but I've just seen so much 
brutalness and not necessarily the honest part it's just brutalness yeah and i was like why is that necessary <laughs> that's funny and, yeah and this, just because you're being brutal doesn't always mean that you're being honest <laughs> exactly exa exactly and i was just like i just don't see how that's constructive that's how i started the conversation yeah. by the end of the conversation i completely flipped i'm like you know what you're right and my thought process is because they i've heard people that have been in the houston scene in particular for six seven years said the houston scene has gotten infinitely nicer to comics because it used to be very brutal and and i started thinking about it, I was like, you know what all the best things i've ever done in my life in terms of like creativity or work or whatever it's not whenever everyone's telling me i'm the best it's when yeah. people are like oh you didn't do this right or you yeah. didn't do that and then i'm like i have this this fire or whatever you want to call yeah. it You're like okay well now fuck that i want to get better i want to do better i want to do better yeah so they the when they described that I was like you know what that kind of presence as unpopular as it's going to look from the outside is actually doing a lot of good for the scene yes it's going to piss a lot of people off but it's also going to make a lot of people like oh fuck him he's such a jerk da, da, da. and they start thinking about it, like actually you know what he's probably got something to it and they're going to go back and refine their joke or have a premise that's not as hacky or whatever right. i mean it's so like it's like a younger scene now i feel like there's a lot of new a lot of new comics. I've only and been doing so, this for slightly less than three years, and I'm like, yeah, it's a super young scene. Even, even, yeah, it, the, like to to me, you're young, but uh, but, yeah. but 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 I agree. But even in the scene, you're not compared to some comics who are getting booked and everything. But mm -hmm. I, but you don't want to have niceness as the default in a scene because um, I, the way that actually is underlying being nice to someone, it means you don't really respect them yeah. and you don't think they respect you so you're just on eggshells with each other instead of like okay i respect you that you're uh, have potential in comedy and you can and whatever so let's have a conversation about your uh, your joke and let's have a conversation about my joke and we mutually respect each other and that's not going to happen with a bunch of new comics that don't really even believe that they are you know they don't have uh, self esteem in stand up in or that you could tell them something that some people have too much self esteem or it's it, yeah it's in, it, but it's not it's not it's built it's it's not based on uh i would say it's it's, it's like, not based on laughs it's not based on results or on success. stage yeah it's based on each other because there's so much of this new you'll get this excitement. weird echo chamber of yeah younger people and maybe i was part of that whenever i first got started I mean, we're all part of it and i was always in one so one way. critical of myself like you could tell me like you could i've had people yeah. like i come off stage and they have, like, oh man you had a great time I'm like that's great that sucked yeah like i had like one or two three maybe three laughs and the rest of it bombed like yeah so for me i get a little annoyed when people say stuff like that but other people like i mean they think they're doing you a favor when they're really kind of and I think they're protecting you from being depressed or, or going too hard on yourself. Right. But it's not, I don't take it that way. I, I don't take it as, I, I, I guess, I mean, it's nice. It's like but, these people are all like one comment away from quitting comedy. It's yeah. like, that, that's what it feels like. And that's why they're so nice to each other and so supportive. You got to be supportive. No. And um, you can be supportive of good behavior. Be, that's why I, like, I'm, I go out of my way to support things that are good. But whenever, so I've had this incident happen. Only like once or twice, where yeah. I'm, I see somebody great work ethic. They're at every mic. They're working their ass off, but they're they're not putting the work in on the jokes at all. And um, right. I'm like, okay, well, and I'm like, I go super kid gloves. 
kind of like, like hey, let's where, where, where were you thinking with that? like kind of that like what were you thinking with that? Where do you think the where so where is the laugh? Tell me where the laugh is. Yeah. Not like critically, like, hey, this sucks. Where did you think this was funny, asshole? Yeah, it's like I'm very much trying to right help as it's, much as I can help, and that's seen as being critical. And I'm like, okay, right, all right, and then I'm just like out. I'm like I'm out. I'm like, like I'm sorry for saying anything. Wish right. you the best, but like I, this is and it's because mind boggling. These people are like, like I said, one comment away from being like, well, maybe I, maybe I need to quit. And uh, after doing stand up, you know, as long as I haven't been, again, had the shitty road life of of, of doing stand up, I'm like, hey, if if someone can say something to you that will make you quit, I hope they say it to you so you'll quit because you should quit. Because it should not, not be that. Not should, many people quit. It should not be that easy. No, they do. They do. Not enough. They do. Believe me. No, they do. I have times they where do. I think I should quit. And then I'll have times. You've only been like, doing stand up for three years, so it's getting to the point. It's mm-hmm. a it's a three years. It's a three years is uh, is the average mm-hmm. ca- career. I either got to I either got to start working a lot harder at getting better, or just like fuck it altogether. <laughs> uh, but I feel like I. I have enough of the bones to just say like, yeah, I can get a lot better if I put in the hours and the work, not just even at the mics, like the before the mics and the after the mics, like making the joke in the first place and then refining the joke afterwards. People, they uh, overestimate how important it is to do a bunch of mics. Uh, mm-hmm. There is, uh, you know, it's, so the comments would be like brag about especially Chicago had this thing that everyone's like oh I do 30 mics a week or whatever you know and it's like it's not about that at all it's not about that at all it's about um, I, and I think what you were saying earlier about the whole like writing making sure that you don't offend people I think that's what's probably the only thing that's holding you back is instead of writing what you really makes you laugh mm-hmm. and I feel like it's dark shit and mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of dark comics in, in the scene so you feel like you'd be like sticking out like a sore thumb but um, there's dark comics like uh, a- a- Alan a- Alan Adams. Alan Adams. He's hilarious, right? And he doesn't come around because he didn't have to, you know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there aren't a lot of comics that write those dark jokes. Uh, this co- comic I bu- uh, put on last weekend, Ryan from Austin, Ryan Joseph. Mm-hmm. He was. I mean, that room was so hot, and everyone was just killing with this material that's not, not offensive, you know. And he went up and he was just telling like dark offensive like one of the jokes he said is like and just to do it in this room that is like you could kill just by being like everyone else and he's like he's like i my neighbor has a black lives matter sign and he's like and uh, i'm glad because i always forget right <laughs> and like like that type of from a white guy you know yeah and like like but it like it hit the room that was like a sold out room in a way that they're all like <gasps> and then they start laughing mm-hmm. and then the next joke's about like some crazy murder pedophile uh-huh. dark shit and they they love it right because it's different yeah that's the thing is like i learned pretty early on i'm not going to be able to compete with 90 percent of the comics on the energy level and the the act out and the being animated this never just that i could if i put first off i couldn't do it even if i did all the energy i had it still wouldn't it would come across as so fake so I can't do that. That's out. So I'm like, I have to do something a little bit different. And if I did all the jokes that were all sunshines and rainbows, number one, it's not me. Yeah. And number two, uh, I don't think that my delivery would support that. Like, it's just like, it's not going to happen. So I think you're right. I got to write what I think's funny 
not care about what anybody else thinks. Yeah. And just at least try it. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth a shot. And when it bombs miserably, and then I'll just well, don't. Uh, go <laughs> to deep when alcoholism. It, well, if it bombs, it's it's at least it's you. That's true. You don't want to bomb with something that's like if you bomb with it and then it's like all right it bombed but you know what it wasn't even what I really wanted to say mm-hmm. at least if you're gonna bomb bomb in a way that it's like man I really don't like the way he thinks <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got for some sure as opposed to like I was just wasn't very funny yeah, yeah. I, it's better to offend I think than to be you know uh, boring boring yeah. yeah I completely agree. So before one of the most constructive episodes we've ever had. It actually was. Yeah, I got a lot out of this. I'm glad because I didn't get shit out of it. (laughs) (laughs) You got three Miller. You got three not Modellos. Yeah, (laughs) my bad. That was me saying the 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 mean thing to get the laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know I didn't mean that. I'm I'm enjoying myself, and these Modellos are delicious. (laughs) Uh, Do you have any shows coming up or social uh, that you want to share? What I want everyone to keep doing is coming to the Best of Sticker Group shows. They're Those every Friday and Saturday, 10 p.m. I'm hosting the Friday one this week, so come to that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's, uh, I have a show also tomorrow, Wednesday, tomorrow. I don't know if it's going to be out yet. Yeah, it comes out on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, uh, if we're feeling find like it, the, we're going to listen to this in post. I'm like, find yeah. the DeLorean and, c- and come to uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> come to two dollar bill. Uh, it's a nerdy ass last, joke. <laughs> come to come to two dollar bill last Wednesday if you can. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'll be I'll be at the secret group. But yeah, how many and, gigawatts is that going to take? But yeah, every Friday and Saturday, uh, the secret group. That's that's what I'm gonna. That's that's what I want you to do, and I'll be I'll be there most of the time. And, uh, but I, I make the lineups, so, uh, you know, it, it, you, it'll be good. It'll be so, good. yeah, if you go to a show, show at the C Group and it's not good, mm-hmm. it's Antonio Aguilar. Yes. You can find, you can find <laughs> yep. him on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about, we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be happy to. How are you? I mean, I, I don't know, we're wrapping up, but like, I got to know, like, um, how are you liking that role so far? I mean, has it been, a, has been, Stressful? Has it been um, yeah, pretty easy so it's, far? Uh, it's it's yeah, it's it's pretty easy. There's a lot of good there's a lot of good comics, and um, there's more than you think because there are also a lot of good comics that don't particularly maybe don't come to the two mics that you always right. go to. 100%. But maybe it's because they're doing a show somewhere. They're you know they're and there, and I've also noticed there's a lot of there's a a good handful of comics that are really good that really don't come to Secret Group. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to get them to to do this show because it'll be a good introduction to them because the Steer Group wasn't necessarily uh, always packed shows, mm-hmm. right? I they mean, got some crazy momentum right before COVID hit. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this sucks. So like, they COVID. were getting some... It felt like it was yeah. building towards something. Yeah. Because I've been going there for years and it was like... Like you said, it was not yeah. always the best crowds. Right. Which, I mean, not saying it's anything against them. It's just like they didn't have a built-up reputation. Right. And they started to develop something. And right when COVID hit, I was like, fuck. Yeah. I even asked Zai, I was like, because I was running shows at the time. I was like, dude, what are you fucking doing to get these crowds out here? And um, he, he said uh, a lot of blow. No, I'm I can't remember <laughs> what he said. Um, but yeah. But like, it's... Well, you gotta get Rambo too funny. I don't know if you've seen him. That's funny that you say that because that's the that was who I was actually thinking of when I'm when I was saying there's comics that are funny that don't come out of the group. He um, is hysterical. 
yeah, yeah, he's really good. And I, I, I messaged him today to try to get him on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I messaged him on Facebook and I messaged him on Instagram. And I guess I got to email him now. But uh, if you want to ask why he's not on the show, it'll be because he didn't respond. And yeah. uh, and I booked the show like I have like four days before the show to book it every time. So mm-hmm. when people don't respond, or uh, it's just. You know, it's. It, I mean, I'll, and, I'll, and if he doesn't respond this week, put him on next week. I mean, he's, I'm going to book him no matter yeah, what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah. He's but no. somebody you definitely want to have in the heavy rotation. He's, it's it's crazy. So, I, I didn't, I, he's been around. He's been doing comedy longer than I have. I had no idea who he was. Like, yeah. I had seen his name on, like, an a open mic at, like, Carrington's or, or wherever. And I was like, I, I saw the name. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Rambo too funny. So, yeah. I assumed he was some... Like a guy who's just doing it um, every once in a while. Yeah. Until I saw him on a show, I was like blown away. Like, Holy shit. Yeah. How have I not seen this guy? Yeah. I never saw him uh, in Houston. I uh, I saw him in College Station on the Jesse Payton show. Mm-hmm. And then I never seen him since. So yeah. like he doesn't come around into mics and, and a lot of times it's just. I haven't seen him on a lot of book shows. And that could be part of it too. Is that you know you got to come around so people know who you are. Yeah. You know, it only takes one. Sometimes just one open mic site set for the the comments in town to know who you. Just they know you exist because, like you said, you didn't even know he existed. Yeah. Um. And if I wouldn't have seen him in College Station, I still wouldn't know he existed now. Except for a couple of people are telling me I have to book him. Yeah. And even at that, I'd be like, well, I need to, he needs to send me a clip. And yeah. but he doesn't need to send me a clip, obviously <laughs> not. But. Yeah, yeah I mean, circle. as far as the position, it's, it's not as stressful, honestly. Um, Houston's a really strong scene. Uh, I would say uh, there's not a lot of comics, so there's not a lot of bad comics that, like, can... I mean, that, I mean, some scenes, like in New York, especially LA, there's, like, whole scenes of bad comics <laughs> doing bad shows, ba- doing bad mics, and supporting each other. And it's like a whole like the scene. It's of, like a whole like, ecosystem. You, you go to New York and you, I mean you see a flyer, twenty comics. Like, well, I don't know who any of these people are. And you go to the show, it's like five hours long, and everyone's bad. And uh, <laughs> and so there's and they it's don't how have you that. turn people off on comedy. Absolutely. There there's oh yeah. In in New York or LA, if you say there's a stand up show, it's like who is on it? Oh, nobody famous, it's gonna suck. Yeah. So like or no credits. That's why the whole credits thing is a thing out there. Which because, I respect that. Right. Because there's so many more comics that you have to weed through. Mm-hmm. So luckily for me, um, I haven't been getting a lot of, of submissions from anyone. And I would think normally... they don't know you're doing it yet. I, mean, I guarantee I, you're going to be I, blown up. I get some, mm-hmm. but... Uh, That's the savvy people. That's the hustlers that know that they're hip to the, to the game. But as soon as people realize they gets the word gets out that you're the one booking these, because like not everyone's in the the certain groups on Facebook. Yeah. So whenever the word gets out to the the general public, well, you're gonna start. If the word hasn't gotten up. to them, then you know that's it's a good thing because I don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so the only thing that has been awkward a little bit for me is that uh, there's been some referrals to other <laughs> comics. That's like, hey, so and so is in town. You know, they're my friend. Mm-hmm. Put them up, and then I've put them up without watching their clip, and then it's been like, oh god, mm-hmm. everyone's talking about how bad they did, mm-hmm. and I look like an asshole now mm-hmm. because. Right. So like, I learned my lesson. I'm not doing that anymore. Right. Um, and even if it's a referral from someone who has like twenty five thousand Instagram followers and everything, and they're like, hey, um, so and so referred me, and then I look up their their Instagram like. Doesn't even say they're a comedian. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they're an actress. 
They're in town from LA. I look everywhere online, nothing stand up. It's like, hey, can you send me a clip of you doing stand up? You know, and then no response. You know, and they don't <laughs> they don't deserve a spot. Well, yeah. absolutely, and I'm just like, because it could have been could have been bad for me. Yeah, I've, that's never just. In, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, we're wrapping up. I'm sorry. I feel like we've extended this like 10, 15 minutes. But like, um, it's what blows my mind. Not only in comedy, but in business. Yeah. If you refer somebody, that's your word yes. on the line. That's your reputation yes. on the line. Do not do that for somebody who does not deserve it. Mm-hmm. Even if they asked you to find a way, whether you got to tell them the truth or lie to them, say like, hey, I would love to, but you know, I don't do that. Even if you yeah. do do that, just say, like, hey, I don't do that for anyone you know, respectfully. You know, I love your stuff, even yeah. if you don't. Do whatever you got to do, but do not do that because it's fucking everyone. It's no, it's actually fucking you. And yeah, uh, exactly. More than anyone, you're fucking yourself. And uh, and it's an old school mentality that I tried not to. It's very brutal. But I, when I would be in cars with these bookers that you know, been twenty years booking shows and stuff, they'd be like, "Hey, if you ever refer someone to me and they suck, I might consider not booking you anymore." Yeah. And like I've had, I remember this one, this one booker. I mean, I did like hundred gigs for him. I referred one time somebody to him that bombed and he would never stop reminding me about it. And I know I probably lost gigs because of it. Uh-huh. And it was just a guest spot. It was a five minute guest spot, but the guy bombed so badly that he's like, I, I don't trust your word now. Yeah. And, and it sucks. But if anyone listens to this, if you refer someone and they, they bomb, well, it's not even going to get to that point now. Cause now I've learned my lesson. I can't trust even, you know, no matter who it is, you cannot trust unless they built, you know, some people are nice. So, mm-hmm. um, but even if you refer me someone and I watch their clip and it's bad and they're reading their jokes off their hand or the, they're just bombing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I'm not going to trust your word anymore. Cause it's, it, it's, 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 then it makes me look bad. Yep. And I, and I booked, you know, one, two bad shows at the singing group. Now people stop coming to the, I mean, right now they're all sold out. And yeah. so it's been great. You know, it's like one, two bad shows away from not being like that anymore. Yeah. So you got to keep the momentum going. Oh, I know. I booked uh, Drew Holloway on this podcast, and it went, <laughs> it went, it went south quick. <laughs> Barely recovered. No, no. Love you, Drew. I'm just kidding. Yeah. If you listen to this, which uh, you probably won't. Was he no. doing the thing playing with the mic stand for the whole time? No, I'm no. no he, 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 <laughs> I, I, I warn all of you. This guy's got a weird vibe. He's unique. He's got he's gonna be an oddball. Um, he's he nothing sh- like he is on stage on off stage. Like, he's fucking just uh, a soft spoken. Like, yeah, uh, you know he's funny, but he's not the guy on stage. The you know yeah. uh, wild card. Yeah, we typically have three. Uh, three hosts or what we did uh, for the longest time and then uh, it was really the the other host that was uh out of town that um did not vibe with him oh yeah but we need to have him on again we yeah, need to have him on again to see we'll if he can uh redeem himself yeah oh i'm sure he will yeah he's hysterical i'm kidding <laughs> well, Drew thank you for coming on antonio oh what's your yeah. social you know, oh, yeah. uh, it's a uh, alpaca pone on instagram and Twitter. alpaca pone yeah alpaca pone it's a play on words, and if you can't figure it out, then it's fine. You're probably not going to want to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Man. Well, thank you. Yeah. It was a it was a good one, I think. You know, yeah. A, um, one of the most but, informative, like I said, yeah. is for if you're mm-hmm. a comic, listen to this. I mean, I'm yeah. saying this at the end. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> when I post on Facebook, I'll mention it. Yeah, tell all the new comics to listen to this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and if you need to get booked at the Secret Group. Hit up Antonio Aguilar. He'd love it. 
He'd love yes. to see your clip. Honestly, right now I could use uh, some submissions because I haven't really gotten any, um, and I'm and uh, I don't want to do too many repeats. And I know it's a big scene. There's got to be some more comics out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, yeah. No, I don't mind watching a clip or two mm-hmm. or thirty. Mm-hmm. I can't Maybe. imagine what it's like at like the Laugh Factory. Oh, it's got to be hell. <laughs> it's a hundred a day. Yeah. Ugh. How do you watch all that? Oh, um, I actually the it's you just listen to the one joke. And then, it, and then, if it's funny, you book them, and if it's not, you don't. That's, and most of the time, it's not. Yeah. So it, it really speeds the process, yeah, speeds up. The process up. <laughs> For sure. Well, thank you, and we'll see you all next week. Bye.